This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. going on everybody it is episode 227 of pop culture crisis my name is brett i am here with my co-host would you introduce yourself please hello crisis actors it's mary happy to see you on this wednesday i just want to say uh you're all welcome to drink while you watch the show even though the sun is still out um is that why you're wearing a blanket <laughs> yeah it's a shawl excuse you <laughs> She's wearing a shawl. It's a shawl. It's all about language. It's a different different choice. No, I uh, just saw a comment that said they put bourbon in their coffee <laughs> before watching. Irish uh, Irish coffee? Yeah, right? I guess that's what it's called. That's what it's called. Mm. All right. And here not drinking Irish coffee with us uh, is our guest host today. Would you introduce yourself, sir? My name is Wesley Roth. I'm happy to be here. How you doing? I'm well. Having a good day? I'm having a wonderful day. You should add something to your title, by the way. Uh, delightful Instagram story curator. I quite oh. enjoy your Instagram story. Oh, which one? All of them. Like, uh, you like find all these like gems and share them. And uh, it's like, I'm, like man, this is quite a good time. Whenever I see your name pop up, I'm like, well, I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a curator of yes. content, curator, yeah. if you will. I'm not proud of much, but I would like to think that my Instagram story is both funny and inclusive to anyone who has a sense of humor. Uh, like I think anybody who watches it can uh, can get a sense of humor out of anything that I post when I, when I post it. That's a you've actually humor. talked about that before, saying that uh, you try not to post any humor that would offend anyone. Yeah, it's it's humor for everyone. I had to share the you posted one the other day. This is way off where we're going, but you posted one of like an emo deer. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I sent that to my. My best tonight friend back home. Tonight will be the yeah, night yeah. that yeah. I will fall for you. Yeah. Over and over again. <laughs> that I will again. run my, uh, in front of your car at night. <laughs> <laughs> over my, uh, again. My best friend back home had that hair, and he was in a yeah. band called Tears of Augustine. And I sent it to him called it Tears of Augustine, and he was like, <laughs> he was like, bro. <laughs> Tears of Augustine is great. Yeah. That's a fantastic yeah. name. <laughs> yes, uh, if, if you would like to follow me on Instagram, it's at Brett Dasvik, and there are some fantastic memes and posts there. Uh, in the story, it's just skating in the actual post, but the story is where it's at. <laughs> Speaking of things that we should be promoting, Mary, maybe we should promote, we should chill for the Daily Wire. Yeah, I, yes. uh, let me chill for a second, guys. We just found out how many points we have in Jeremy's Razors competition. I'm not going to reveal it here, um, but you can really help us out by clicking on our referral link and using it to get 35% off of a Daily Wire Plus membership or $12 off, and I think 20% off in addition of one of his founder's kits, helps us earn points in his competition. We want that 250K prize. So just yes. thought I would chill at the beginning of the show. We, yeah, we, we've been doing it at the end of the show. We, don't, we have a, yep. not a bad number of total points. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of impressive. We're getting there. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We are going to talk about the Black Adam reviews that are in and why 
This is a, a weird time to be alive when it comes to critic reviews and all things reviewing of pop culture and media and why I don't think it necessarily it's necessarily indicative of whether I will like the movie or not because, you know, we all have our own opinions of critics. We're also going to talk about Taiko Atiti being in hot water with uh, certain activist groups over the casting of a remake of the 1981 film Time Bandits, which they're making a TV show of, uh, made before I was alive. I've not seen it, but there's some interesting controversy there, and there's some interesting kind of outcomes to glean from what it means for Hollywood as they push the idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion. We got that. We've got the uh, the absolute... Um, to, like just top down dismissal of Bill Murray. Like now these days he's getting a, a bunch of clap back and it looks to be coordinated. We're going to talk about that. We got a bunch of other stuff as well. So if you guys yeah. are ready, we will just get right into it. Mary, are we ready? We're ready. Wesley, are we ready? Very ready. Let's go for it. So it says black Adam review scores are in and they're not looking good. This was from uh cosmic book news and this has it listed as 47%. It has since climbed to 54% when I checked right before the show went live. But in general, that's not a, a good score. It's kind of interesting to watch this because The Rock is, I think, overplaying his hand. A little bit? Yeah. I He's way overestimating uh, maybe his power in DC, having th- like this be his debut yeah. in their universe. He's already assuming that people are going to love it, and this isn't one of their flagship characters. It's new territory for them, and he's talking about this becoming the phase one of the DCEU (laughs) when people aren't asking DC to resemble Marvel. Marvel. They they want it to be distinct and in its own thing, and it's self-contained thing. It doesn't need to imitate that structure. What I thought was funny about it is it kind of defeats the purpose of calling it phases because the idea of the phases in Marvel is that they're structured, they have a format, and they're planned in advance. You don't get to just be like, well, I guess that's the end of phase one then. Yeah, and the whole like- conversation <laughs> about DC right now is that there is no timeline, yeah. there's no plan yet, and there's no one at the helm so, making it. Uh, what I do notice, though, is that I think, now this is just something that I've thought over the years and I can't prove it I have no way of saying that it's 100% true or not but I do believe that there is a Disney bias among critics and what I mean by that is that critics for generations have hated blockbuster films they think of them as lowbrow they think why would you the 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 regular public uh, enjoy such um, immature fare well, and not, then they not universally I, I think I'm speaking in generalizations there, there were uh, positive critic reviews for Top Gun Maverick Yes, Almost but I'm entirely. saying that's the exception, not the rule. And uh, that, that's, not, that's not what I would consider the rule. I would say that most yeah. blockbuster films, what I believe that Disney has done as they've created the only genres that are allowed to be critic-positive blockbusters, which are Star Wars and Marvel, which do get great reviews oftentimes at odds with what fans are saying nowadays. More on, more on Star Wars mm-hmm. side for that than Disney. Um, it says that James Gunn's Peacemaker is sitting at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. That means that Black Adam right now is the fourth lowest rated Rotten Tomatoes critic score for whatever that may mean to anyone. If you give a crap about what critics think, I personally don't. When I see that a critic is Rotten Tomatoes certified. Yeah. I automatically dismiss their opinion. Yeah. Does that matter to you? Do you, do you go into a movie you're like, well, thank goodness <laughs> the critics say it's good. So it must be great. Uh, it depends on the movie. If it's a like a nothing 
indie movie, I'll be like, okay, might be worth something. Yeah. You know, if if they enjoyed it, and it's more like critics individually. Yeah. You know, I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes itself. Well, amateur <laughs> critics who don't get early access to these movies are more likely to be honest. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say I don't even know if it's a Disney bias anymore. It's just an access bias. Yeah. Like if you yeah. are like if it's The Rock, you know, you may. Who who cares really at this point? But other yeah, old like Justice League when the first Justice League came out had pretty strong reviews from certain people. Like it's actually a pretty good time. And it's like not really. Like, <laughs> I don't know if reviews matter to people anymore. Specific anyways. people like a lot of people care about like only what Jeremy a very Johns small say, pool yeah. of people. I think what's way more important is word of mouth, but even more important than that, social media. Yeah. If and you see people talking about it, if you see it trending, um, if you see hype for it on social media, even if it's fake and just like purchased bots mm-hmm. hyping up a show, it's way more likely to get someone to watch it there, than a review. Yeah. There, there's a large gap between critics and audience scores. And I think that this is indicative of The Rock being a summer movie blockbuster guy, mm-hmm. which is kind of going to what I was saying earlier that I believe critics don't like blockbusters because they think of them as frivolous. The Rock is not making movies to push agendas mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, on his face. He's, push, he's making movies that are supposed to be for people to go watch and enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it says... Uh, Black Adam is 47, Skyscraper was 48, Rampage was 51, San Andreas was 48. All of them low, and most people didn't, like, uh, like those weren't really good movies, but yeah. they're not meant to be, like, uh, high art. Yeah. It's San Andreas, where he's, like, yeah. in a helicopter. So yeah. It should also be said that there's a large gap between the critic score and the audience score for his movies, saying that uh, Red Notice, which is 36%, has a fan score of 92%. Now, I don't know who the hell the people were that gave Red Notice a 92%, but they didn't see the same movie I did. <laughs> it's like, even me, who loves nothing movies like thought that that was like the most generic movie in the entire world and the rock the like like i said to this day seeing the rock have any type of love interest is weird like him oh, trying yeah. to be with a, like he's a definitely with, the sexless he-man yeah. <laughs> uh, uh jungle cruise has a 63 percent critic score and a 92 percent audience score jumanji next level has 71 percent critics and 87 percent audience Hobbs and Shaw is 68% critics, 88% audience. What that tells me is that he's making movies that people want to go see, not movies that stuck-up, wannabe intellectual critics want to go see. That's just my opinion. Do you think critics are more flexible uh, about what they believe is frivolous or real art when it comes to TV shows? Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Since we saw critics give good reviews or better reviews to She-Hulk than the audience gave She-Hulk. No, I think that's the Marvel box. We We saw uh, better reviews from critics for Rings of Power than from the audience. Yeah. Um, Those were by a larger margin. The- the, the She-Hulk one, to me, is Marvel bias. I think there's a strong Disney bias in critics. Disney owns a lot of these companies. People understand that speaking negatively about, about Disney will have uh, detrimental effects on your ability to uh, stay within the industry. 
with Marvel or with Rings of Power, I think that's an anti-audience bias, meaning they're like people look at these incels who don't mm. like diverse casting. Eh. Then they're just yeah. going to say the opposite of whatever it is, anyways. And I think that they're inherently stuck up enough to think that somebody could do better than Tolkien's work. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has anything to do with actual. Critique. By the way, someone commented. I don't know if this is true or if it was just a bug, but somebody commented about reviews for Rings of Power actually being held for a whole week mm-hmm. before they implemented the 72-hour rule. Wait, so you, they held the comments for a whole week before they would then hold them for a further 72 hours? I I wasn't sure what they meant by that. And then there was also the theory that they added these mid-roll uh, pop-up ads while you yeah. were in the middle of I the episode. You, yeah. And then it makes you restart the whole episode so it counts as viewing it twice. Yeah, that's so a they can the, they can bump up the numbers. I wouldn't put it past Amazon to do that. That's a very clever... because it's. I mean, you could get in so much trouble for lying to shareholders about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they just have, like, <laughs> they just uh, they have infinite ability to hide their business practices. Well, they were they were talking about. I was reading an article earlier, and we didn't talk about it. How adding ad tiers to Netflix and to what's the other one that's adding an ad tier Disney plus mm-hmm. that means that they're going to have to be more transparent with their numbers because of the how that business model includes third-party companies mm-hmm. that aren't directly related to Disney they can no longer shield the themselves from didn't Netflix announce that they're not going to announce like publicly announce their subscriber uh, like predictions in the next quarter I didn't see that if that's true, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to predict it anyways either if I were them. Uh, I saw an article earlier on Breitbart like that, that was saying that like Netflix in America is starting to fail and that they're looking to Asia for subscriber growth. But that's... And inherent- Africa... Yeah, that's inherent to a, a global business model, I guess. That makes sense. You, you've At a certain point, you've tapped out your market here, yeah. and you've gotten all the subscribers you're going to. And that's a finite amount of resources. Mm-hmm. We're heading into a recession. People are going to start being very picky. Uh, maybe The Rock gets lucky, pulling it back to The Rock here, and he gets people to go see Black Adam before everyone... Uh, and then immediately they'll get an HBO Max subscription yeah. afterwards. Uh, and, and this is, I don't know if this is the reason for this drop in numbers, but the Black Adam uh, estimated opening weekend box office has dropped. I saw it early predictions were like 80 million. Then they dropped it to 70 million. Now they're dropping it again to 60 million. For the domestic. For the domestic box office, 135 million worldwide. But okay. for a movie that costs nearly $200 million and you only keep 60% of that box office. Aside from uh, what we thought might have been a, a fake story about uh, the Motion Picture Association censoring their violent scenes, they didn't have any censorship issues, did they? No. no. Oh, no. Like, <clears throat> not fake, but just like very clearly done in a way they, overblown they, to seem edgy. They they did the same. They, it's not the same thing, but there was a there's this lore behind the original Scream movie where uh, Wes Craven had to do a bunch of cuts. Thank you. Had to do a bunch of cuts to be able to get Scream made for less than a rated X or rated NC seventeen. So when Scream two is coming out, he made the movie ultra violent. More than what he actually wanted the movie to be So that by the time he cut it down To what he actually wanted the film to look like They were like okay fine 
okay. right? So that type of lore runs deep, and you know, that's was, I remember that story. That's like that movie came out in 1996, like, mm-hmm. and I still remember that story. So that's what that type of like that type of article is like designed to mm-hmm. do, right? Like, let's go see this movie. Yes, because it's edgy because he kills a bunch of people in the movie. They're saying like, well, Black Adam is still somehow PG-13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They so, say they kept the the vibe that they wanted. Yeah. Um, with like five different brutal murders instead of ten. I think the, I, I think they just hate popcorn flicks. I think they love Disney uh, and they're, they're fine with Disney. But I do too. And they and they're making um, yeah, but you don't. Um, but you're not a snob. They're snobs. They hate popcorn flicks in favor of stupid yeah. fake deep. Flicks like a "Don't Worry, Darling" over a Black Adam. Yeah, I, in I, my opinion, something shallow over something that tries to be deep and fails any day. And they love that. Yeah. I always just assume that they love anything that they think presses their message very explicitly. In what way? Like, uh, or can you give me an example? Uh, everything. Hasn't um, Marvel done that though? What? Uh, Push their message. Pushed a message. The message. They've done that. Right, no, no, no. I'm saying I think that critics, like, it doesn't <clears> matter whether it's fake deep. It, it, I don't even think that matters anymore. It's about does it press the social message, social message well, that I'm trying to Well, that's essentially what I mean. Like, yeah. with a Don't Worry Darling, but what it's I not deep. see like, in it's... that is, like, she's trying to put forth this very complex narrative that's a commentary on gender dynamics and american history yeah but i think that's a psychology uh an exception because what it's if it's nuanced now it's not you just have to say it just come out and say it please say the thing it's like a uh what am i trying to say um uh, a validation thing where i want to go see a movie that validates me you know, I want it to come out and say that, like, I want a character to look into the camera and say, this is how you should feel. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, my God, it's so brave. It's but so brave. I, I just yeah. feel like Marvel has also done that in their own way. Sure. I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying that they haven't. I, I'm agreeing that that's why. That's why they hate it? No. Who, who hates Marvel? Critics. You no, think they crit- hate Marvel? No, critics love they, Marvel. Yeah, I think they love Marvel. But if they think that popcorn flicks aren't the way except to go. That's what I'm talking about, the Marvel bias. They have a bias towards Marvel that the only popcorn flicks they lo- like are stuff created by Marvel and Disney. Yeah, but I've seen a lot of critics that are willing to go there and shit on Marvel. Uh, but I'm saying the general consent. Would you yeah. agree? The general consent. In favor consensus. of artistic. Yes. Yeah. It's for the, and it's for the access. 100% yeah. for the access. And it's always She-Hulk that gets defended or uh, Captain Marvel that gets defended because it has the, like, I'm just going to come out and say it because I'm, you the, know, whatever. The rare example, <laughs> the, the rare example I think would be Eternals didn't get, everyone was shocked yes. that Eternals didn't get good reviews yeah. when everyone was expecting it to be like, look how diverse and amazing yeah. this movie is. And yeah, like Kevin Feige said just, it would get nominated for Best Picture. It's like, come on. <laughs> I mean, what? of course you're going to say that, but he's like, oh, this will be the first one that wins Best Picture or whatever. And it's like, bro. That was never going to happen. That was never going to happen. Not, not a movie that meandering and pointless. And boring. And boring. Uh, so I would love to see, uh, I'm excited to see it now. Not because I think it's going to be good, but because if it delivers on the popcornness that is a, a Dwayne mm. The Rock Johnson movie, I don't I'm understand okay like, why you can't have both. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why could it? They did it in the 80s all the time. They did it in the 90s all the time. Like, Jurassic Park is both. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The Goonies is both. It's like there's mm-hmm. a message there or there's some there's depth there. But it's also a popcorn movie about a pirate ship filled with skeletons. Like, Did you see Jurassic World Dominion? Uh, 
No. <laughs> no, I didn't. I know. mean, some they failed me the say first two it times. Delivered the same way. I don't know. If it was anything uh, like there is no I, the comparison see, of Jurassic World Dominion to original Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, I, I understand that, but like they were um, trying to deliver both in that right. the flashy action scenes and CGI and so explosions my, and fire. My question and isn't why don't you try to do both. The question is why don't you do both? <laughs> like why, why are can't you, you actually? Yeah, like do it right. Like top, the, I think well, Top Gun, okay. Gun Maverick was not deep, but it uh, it accomplished something like some. Like it, it hit a struck a chord. Think of the examples you just gave. You just gave Jurassic Park. Yeah. You gave The Goonies. Yeah. What were the other examples you gave? What are other? Well, I would say that right there, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle just, movie, would be one of them. Like most, not most things, but a lot of like the greatest movies that I can think of that I've seen come from that era. But they were original properties at that time. True. Now they're not doing that. Right. That is a re that is one of the reasons they're um, trying to recreate yeah. feelings of the past with the same toys rather than. Make yeah. new. I would agree with that 100. percent So, uh, 60, but they fail at that too. Yeah, so. <laughs> 60 million dollar opening weekend doesn't really mean anything if the movie does really, really well overseas, which we will see uh, as to what their their staying powers. And like we talk a lot about how the new measure shouldn't be whether your opening box office is enormous. Your new measure should be are the is the word of mouth on the movie good enough to allow for low drops from week to week, mm -hmm. meaning that you get more on your investment each and every week rather than expecting it all to be made in that first right. week. And then everybody a, craps uh, on it. Everything after. everywhere all at once is a great yeah. example where it started low and ramped up yeah. and like, that's what you should be aiming for, but they don't. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The, the problem is, and they're right about this. The marketing people know that. Like, if it's not recognizable, people will just glance away. They are right mm -hmm. about that. That is an us problem, not a them problem. Yep. But the them problem is that they need to make movies better. That's why people go like, I don't know, it's probably not good. Yeah. Anything yeah. coming out soon that you you think could could go that way? I don't know what's coming out soon. I, so I actually have. Um, maybe we look at something right now. I think what The Rock notices as a potential advisor for DC films. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Yeah. Um, is that they have an opportunity to build up the prestige, yeah. and then maybe they'll have this isn't they'll be able it, to court their own pool of critics right. that is uh, favorable Perfect. to their work. You Perfect. Know? That's what we need. So <laughs> as long as you can avoid having to merit a good review, you're golden. What? R.I.P.D. Two comes out in November. Yeah, but it's a straight to DVD. I know, thing. but still, <laughs> is it the same cast? No, no, no. That first one, man. You love it? No. <laughs> even I. That's I, even completely I, ambiguous. Even I have my limits. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's nothing else really coming out like that I've that that kind of gets me. The Fablemans, which is Oscar bait, um, mm. like, but that's that's a different genre entirely. There's nothing I'm really looking forward to at all for the rest of this year, other than Violent Night in December. Mm. And uh, I guess Black Panther, Wakanda, Forever, I guess, mm. uh, next next month. So I, I don't think The Rock has the um, the ability 
to to carry this just on his own. I think his other examples of movies, the the example they had before was Jumanji Two or was it Jungle Cruise, which was like right before the pandemic, had very very long legs because it just had low drops from week to week, kind of like uh, not Men in Black, um, Bad Boys, mm-hmm. Bad Boys for Life. Uh, that's what they should be looking for now, and and I just don't think that they need to they need to focus on that opening weekend. But we'll see. I don't care what the critics have to say. I I, I will never care what the critics have to say. I will say that um, we need to be careful to not just be like, okay, the just because the critics hate it, I'm gonna love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm no, always tempted I'm... to do that. My spiteful and contrarian side is always tempted to do that. But I'm also more easily pleased, I think, than than a lot of those critics. Just don't make your movie super woke, as much as I hate that word. Yeah. Uh, avoid the identity politics. Yeah. Give me a decent story. I'm fine. It doesn't even have to. It doesn't even have to if make you're a whole ton do of it, sense. If you're going to do it, if you are going to do okay. that, do it originally. <laughs> no. Okay, do it creatively. Right. When we were here, being when, easily pleased isn't the remedy mm-hmm. to this dilemma now that reviews like the review landscape is the new battleground for culture war being easily pleased by the entertainment offerings we have right now is not the answer i'm not saying they are doing so i'm saying i am that they they should at least be shooting to like make me happy who's less critical than the average person yeah but you're saying that in contrast to you know these critics who are so hard to please i was thinking more along the lines of when we had um um uh run don't like run don't walk here uh don't walk, run. Uh, he was talking, he was like pointing out all the flaws in um, Batman Begins in these movies, like the the logical flaws, which I understand. That's a that's how some people, if you think in that fashion, linear like that, uh, and that stuff bothers you. That's me. That doesn't bother me. Like that's a it's a story. Mm-hmm. It's still storytelling. It doesn't bother me when there's those logical flaws that have to do with oh how do they get from here to here by that period yeah, of time. Yeah. I might be the person who annoyingly points that out to you during but the it's, movie. It's yeah. because I literally can't follow what. The yeah. F is going on That's different if than I like don't see it. Suspension of disbelief. I mean, like, okay, Batman can get from. Yeah, I'm fine with know. suspension of disbelief, but yeah. like, I just, I don't understand. Right, I'm saying that's Things different. that are that's not totally shown different. to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah <laughs> if you don't do a good job communicating like geography and time, that's different than like, why didn't this person just talk to that? That's what drives me. Why did this happen? Why didn't they just talk to him? It's like, I was watching. It's contrived drama. Yeah. Let it, let it unfold. When I was watching Tenet, made no sense, yeah. and I just didn't care because yeah. John David Washington. Because <laughs> yeah, he couldn't understand what they're saying. Just, yeah. You have no idea what the hell they're there saying. There are things in even like indie make films or, or artistic films that don't make sense to me. So it's not just popcorn flicks that do that to me. Wait, did I you get... finally see it? What? Did you finally see? Did Bullet you ever Train? see? Bullet no, Train? I, no, I didn't. Oh, you just Why? Like, gave me a very affirmative. I, like, <gasps> I told you, it's like something I'm... you really should see it's in really theaters, yep. not well, on a um, TV. There's a comment to the, the there's people that liked R.I.P.D. What I've also noticed for myself is that the movies that I've really disliked now I'm like going back in my brain and thinking about like what type of mood was I in when I went and saw mm. that movie like because when we were when we were reviewing Rings of Power I was pointing out that there was one episode that I really hated and it was like episode five or six yeah. and it was because I didn't get to see it the night before and I didn't have my routine down so I had to watch it here while I was getting the show ready. We so my bad slog. mood, my yeah. bad mood carried over into yeah. how I watched the I show. I remember that. I was on that and I was like, that's yeah. weird. This is the only one I've actually liked so far. <laughs> yeah. I don't Except even for the horse riding now. scene. That was it. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, yeah. And the, did you see that they, they put more of that in the, yeah. in the finale? So, so bad. 
So, all right, we will. Uh... The finale. I wasn't here to review that, but I'll say it. It confirmed my belief that I had about the show from the beginning is that they had one idea. They had one idea, and they built an entire show around it. And it was like, what if we tricked people and thinking that Sauron was a good guy? No, you think that's they're like, that was their one idea. That was their elevator pitch. Yeah, and they were like, okay, well, like, because no, no, nothing. It accomplished yeah. nothing. The that's... whole show accomplished nothing. Nothing. No one grew. No one learned anything. Nothing happened. They're just like, Did, bet you didn't see that coming. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it, that's something. <laughs> That is something that Tolkien would have never done. No, no, uh, because he just had this. No, because his was like it, there it was no completely. His is about the journey. This mm-hmm. had no journey. It was just like uh, d- just wait, just just wait, just just setting it just up wait. for the punchline. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, did you see that coming? Uh, no. I, I, and like, it's in the specific way that they did it. No, I didn't. I they never telegraphed it, it beautifully in the episode. That was classic Hollywood yeah. telegraphing when yeah. he was like, they're finally starting to show him look shifty and bad yeah. in the but, last and, episode. And it's more so that they've deprived you of Galadriel showing emotion for so long yeah. that you just, if he is the, the instrument that gets her to the, smile, it was the meandering then that you talked you're about. happy yeah. to yeah. see it. And then they just... Bait and switch you. Yeah, there's and a, it was. Uh, there's a there's a comment here I want to read from from Johnny Derp. He says I'm over relatable villains. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you just want a cowboy in white and a cowboy in black. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of here for it. Like I don't need um, complex characters all the time. Maybe and you just want a, a, a generic. People just want to hear something yeah. like that's both. true. Yeah, a little bit. They of both. don't want they they want things to just be categorized and clear and understandable yeah. and like have a real moral framework yeah it doesn't need to topple your worldview upside down to be interesting why do you think that is why do you think they're, they're so uh heaven like uh hell-bent on heaven why do they want Hell-bent. you to sympathize with yeah. sauron with, well, like that's weird the why they why they're so obsessed with the nature uh I, with, see i don't see it that way i think of it more as they have to paint him in a way to where you can see that the bad side is seductive or where you can identify. I don't even think it's identify. It's with it's him? not not identify. It's more like you can see that there is a your your worst nature could be deceived. Like with uh, Adar was his name when he was mm-hmm. like, no, you're you're being lied to. The reason that things are bad is because of the other guy, and you could see how like let me offer you these Thank nice you. things, because that's the devil, right? The devil is like, mm-hmm. oh, if you eat from the tree of knowledge of good meal you'll become like god and he doesn't want that like that is seductive to human nature so that is and the person who seems evil at first is powerless in reality yeah adar yeah Yeah. all right let's go to some some super chats Halls and the kid said cat fight (laughs) i don't get it yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, oh, is it from the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> why don't you give everyone an update? Tell everyone what's going on. Uh, I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> uh, I hope everybody enjoyed last night's Cast Castle. It was a lot of work, a lot of fun went into it. Um, if you yeah. are a member, please comment. Let me know what you thought of it, positive or negative. I enjoyed the negative feedback, too, so that I can... Speaking of reviews. <laughs> improve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could improve it going forward. There are a lot of things that, like... We want to do, but we can't do because of time or other constraints. But we're trying to make something. We're trying to do a thing. Um, and I hope it gets better with every episode. Um, uh, and I appreciate you for mentioning it and watching it. It means a lot to me. That's the attitude you have to take. Yeah. Also, we're going to be having more content. We're putting our reviews up for movies 
on on Toomcast.com. We are going to be doing a review for Black Adam, which we'll be seeing on Thursday night, and then we're reviewing oh, Friday. Mm-hmm. It will probably be up on Saturday if you guys are looking. This for Thursday m- night, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. yep, this Thursday night. So if you guys are looking for more content, you'll be able to find that on there. I actually I like the movie reviews a lot because it's like. When we read articles and when we analyze the things that are going on in pop culture, everyone kind of comes at it from a different perspective or like sometimes we'll take very different things away from the articles. And that's the same is true for the movies, but you got, you're still working off exactly the same material. And when you go and see it together, it actually does kind of change the dynamic a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, something to be said that there's some shared experience there. Like when we watch Rings of Power... We don't watch it at the same time. I watch it uh, at night. You sometimes you watch it the next day before the the we do the show. Everyone has their own approach to it, and there's something interesting about everyone having a shared experience of going to the movie together and then talking about it. Yeah, I find that valuable. Yep. It's sort of like a like a book club. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> the comfort food doesn't hurt either at the movie theater. That helped. Yeah. My yes, uh, <laughs> I uh, I bought not one but two items last time. So you got your normal cheese fries and then, and then, uh, macaroni, uh, the macaroni bits. And I saw yours yeah. and had to go get some for myself. They weren't good. <laughs> no. I've tried them before. Very underwhelming. Like so underwhelming yeah. that I'm going to get more yeah. and go on Friday. They are comforting. On Thursday. They're yes, warm. they're very yeah. comforting. But, but they're not great. Yes. Terrence Rice said, somebody made it out of the attic. Glad you're okay. I mean, I'm just in another attic. <laughs> it's a, is it me not being in the attic anymore that they're referencing? Or is it? Me, I'm you stuck in the attic right the now. Attic. Yeah. So you've both been attic dwellers. Yeah. I think someone commented on the website, like, where's Mary in the attic? <laughs> Nathan Settlemeyer said, Brett, did you see Faster with the Rock and Billy Bob Thornton? Very underrated revenge movie I think you would enjoy. I looked it up. I have seen it with Maggie Grace. I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> I don't remember. You've I, seen more movies no, than you remember seeing. No, no. This is one of those ones where it's like, I, I remember seeing it because it had the it had the cover that just have you ever noticed like when when you get the b movies they have the covers that just they all seem to look the same the b action movies all have sure, that same sure, kind sure, of, sure, yeah. it kind of has that cover but it's not a b movie quality hmm. film i'm gonna have to read it's 2.99 on amazon i think i'm gonna go and and get it tonight and rewatch it and i do have a uh a movie recommendation that i will be giving at the end of the episode today i think i'm gonna start making this a daily thing for the time being i will review i will uh recommend a movie or a television show every day. So far this week, I, I recommended The Shield and The Wire yesterday because I always recommend The Wire to everyone. But The Shield is an extremely underrated series uh, done with a docudrama style. Give us uh, a, a curveball. Oh, today's is very you know, sliding I just, doors. Should I just do it? Should I just do it now? Maybe I'll just do it now. Uh, <laughs> okay. Do it now. Okay. What I want you guys to go watch, if you can find it somewhere, is uh, it's a 1994 movie called With Honors. But with um, Brendan Fraser, Joe Pesci, and Maura Kelly. Maura Kelly was from One Tree Hill. She plays Chad Michael Murray's mom mm. uh, on One Tree Hill. Uh, and th- the reason I remembered it was because I was very, very young when I saw that movie. And th- what I remember the most out of anything is this incredible speech that Joe Pesci's character gives about the importance of the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> and you can find that. Uh, it's a movie in, in which... Uh, uh, Brendan Fraser's character is a Harvard, like he's about to graduate from Harvard, uh, and he has this run-in with Joe Pesci's character, and they have this kind of incredible growth in relationship. Uh, and I want you guys to go, if, if you don't go watch the movie, go online and look up the importance of the U.S. Constitution from With Honors. Uh, I promise you will not be disappointed. Also watch School Ties starring Brendan Fraser about Harvard as well. <laughs> uh, is it? Is it? Uh, oh, or Encino Man. Yeah. Encino Man is also good. Yes. 
Brendan Fraser has been given a lot of unfair treatment yeah. recently yeah. with the backlash for the whale and then <gasps> Batgirl. He People only wanted to watch Batgirl to see him in it. Yep. Yes. That he, was the sole purpose anyone was going to watch it. I saw another article that, that was like he apologized for an accident that happened while they were filming a stunt for George of the Jungle. That too. I, saw I was that. like, what? Why is he apologizing? Like, why are you sorry? Why are you sorry? Don't apologize. <laughs> why are they saying sorry? You ever looked at the like list of injuries that he sustained from George of the Jungle and the Mummy? Mm -mm. It's crazy. Like he has like multiple metal plates in his spine and ribs. Like he's Jeez. barely held together. Really bad. Probably goes off at airports. He like has several <laughs> um, replaced discs in his neck from the hanging scene in the first. Movie. It's in. It's nuts. Nuts. Mm -hmm. So unfair uh, treatment, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Potatoes for Seamus sent another Cast Castle reference. OMG, is that Bear Grylls as a guest on PCC? Is <laughs> it pronounced Grylls? Yeah, yeah, Bear Grylls. What did you think uh, it was? Gryles? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the man famous for drinking his own pee. Didn't he do like an Getting episode cloudy, of his show with... My own piss. <laughs> yeah. I think he did an episode of a show with with of his show with Gina Carano. Really? That they like pulled from Disney Plus, and That's then people so funny. people noticed, and then they put it back like, very sneakily. <laughs> they're, they're like, we don't like. Try to backdoor remove that. Bear yeah. Grylls has been made fun of because he seems to find like too many, like suspiciously too many situations where it's necessary <laughs> to drink his own beer. He's like, he's like, like what situation can I find myself? Can I, I have contrive to drink some today? situation where I can drink my pee right now? <laughs> he's just looking for, he's like, I don't want to go to, he's like, I don't want to go get a glass of water. <laughs> yeah. Tonight. It's like the bed, the, yeah. the kitchen is far away. I don't want to do it. I'm just going to drink my How pee. can I drink my own piss? I'll show you. <laughs> Joe you don't want to get up? You got a lighter? <laughs> Joe C said, Thomas Flight does a good review of the inaudible dialogue in Christopher Nolan films like Interstellar, Inception, and Tenet. And I want to point out that I think the reason that that stuff has never bothered me is because I am... What's up? No, never go. I, because I'm deaf in one ear and I've spent half of my life just politely nodding at people <laughs> when I don't know what they're saying. And like, have you ever seen the meme? It's like, if I say what five times, don't give up on me. <laughs> don't, like, please. Like, I know... You're going to have to bear with me here. Like, I'm that guy, right? Because I have such a hard time hearing. So, like, hearing movies with you no know, with dialogue I can't understand isn't really all that different from my actual life. So, uh, when, I hear it in, <laughs> okay. when I hear it in movies, it's like, it's inaudible, sure, but does that really bother me? Not so. I put the, It I put really the, bothers me. I put the, the <laughs> closed captioning on everything I watch anyways, no matter what. I feel like I am just like tragically stupid when I watch a movie and there's Trick. a lot of inaudible dialogue. There's a bunch of scenes in the dark at night with no lighting whatsoever or like, especially if that inv involves fight scenes. And like we were talking about earlier, just logistical things that aren't shown and you're just supposed to like understand automatically what happened in the meantime. Yeah. Yep. I can't follow. I am... A dumb broad. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> Tan. Rega Tan said, "Wesley, play Elden Ring. This seems very important to him. Yeah, I, Why? I, 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 I will. Why you? Uh, just calm down. I will. <laughs> I promise. Okay. Just, give me, just is, give me a little time. I've heard it's a, very hard. Yeah. And I'm very, very trash at video games. <laughs> 
there's a strong exclamation mark in there. So yeah, they, they need him to play it. Mm-hmm. Also, guys, I want to ask you again to uh, give us your suggestions, either to send it to the Instagram page, where else uh, can I just opened our Twitter DMs as yeah. well. Pop culture underscore show on Twitter. Pop Slide culture crisis pod on Instagram. Slide into the DMs and let us know guests who you think would be conceivably good. Uh, Possible guests. guests possible topics possible reviews yeah. the anything talk, talk about yeah. black adam it would be we'll give it a if we give him a positive review yes he'll maybe he'll consider it <laughs> see and that's and that's how the the shills the shilling starts right you're like well you know i didn't think it was that bad yeah. did i and then suddenly by the time you start talking about it, you're like it was the greatest thing i've ever seen in my yeah, life it starts with it wasn't great but it had a lot of things i liked yes let me talk about those for fun <laughs> yeah. well but, the, but then how do you di- differentiate between that and somebody who's just a more positive person right? yeah because like, that's what i am too it's like well like what critics are never positive yeah. people no. it's not. their job to be negative people fair point by the way Another thing I have to mention, go to our subreddit and submit any of your maymays related to pop culture in general or the show, and we are going to review them in the very first meme review on Friday. On Friday. Can I you said something that and I think it uh was more poignant than you thought. It's not really critics that are the problem. It's like personalities masquerading as such and that's what we're inundated with it's not that critics are bad it's that there are a lot of people who are trying to do something masquerading as such in what way like youtubers or social media people who are like i want access to this thing so i'm going to masquerade as a serious critic that's what like the collider sorry um (laughs) uh crew was it was a, a critic or was some critics and all the critics were like, people are like, I don't like them. They're negative or whatever. So they replaced them with personalities that people automatically are like, Oh, I'm drawn to this person because a, they're good looking or B they have a personality that pulls people in apparently. And then they're like, Oh, I will be taken a lot more seriously if I pretend to be a critic. If I start, re- it's a, a more of a vanity thing than it is. Like I care about the craft of filmmaking. Did, so, so what you're saying is that we're, it's a lot different than it was when it was Siskel and Ebert who were not exact, not exactly the most, you know, like camera friendly people looking. They were just normal looking right. dudes. Right. Right. So you took them seriously because it was their craft. Right. So now it's like, uh, it's not like I want to watch film and review and give my opinion on it. It's that I want to be a, movie talking celebrity yeah and that's what collider screen jumpies all those things are yeah it's a vehicle for like how do i get to my next thing you know they, they failed as an actor usually what, <laughs> or stand- usually yeah. Is? yeah and then they do that mm-hmm. sorry calling you out but <laughs> but that's and then yeah. if you're successful in stand-up you can hopefully maneuver back into acting exactly <laughs> I mean, a lot of the people from those types of things. Well, all the that all the the bubble popped on those things like two or three years ago, right? Yeah. And uh, oh, wait, you mean are, like critic uh, that type of channel? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I, I actually liked Collider a lot. I did like, too. Twenty four, twenty fifteen, I liked it all the way up to twenty nineteen, and the, then I woke up. <laughs> to to me, it was when they had this obsc- this it, whatever you thought of Batman versus Superman, they had this weirdly. Um, antagonistic reaction to it mm-hmm. that seemed over the top for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was just at the time it felt like it was uh, it was over the top. It's when it felt like it was becoming about Marvel, like like it was like shill for all things Marvel. Yeah, uh, I could be looking, I could be reading into that too I much. Don't think you are. I'm sure that those I don't people think you are at all. like. I don't know any of them personally. I'm sure they're fine people. It's just that was they sure are. Uh, they just they're trying to uh, do a job. Yeah, you know they're trying to accomplish a dream. So I'm not really like 
Can't hate him for that. I know I don't, yeah. uh, and I, a lot of them, like I really like personally. And those um, channels, I mean, a lot of them still have successful channels. They do, yeah. But most of them are the ones that are a little bit more serious and not like, how can I get the most out of this audience? Campia right? still has a very successful channel. Campia right? is different though. Yeah, Campia is very different uh, than like the people that I'm picking up, who I will not name. Yeah, but but Harloff, Campia. Dan Merle, all those people are great, but there were people that were coming into that, that they're like, let's hire somebody who is a YouTuber or whatever. Yeah. And that just didn't fly. Yeah. And it killed that stuff. All right, let's move on. We are going to talk about the upcoming, uh, this is issues with Taika Waititi. Uh, and what it is, is that actors and disability campaigners slam Taika Waititi over TV show casting. And what this is, is they're making a television adaptation or remake of a, uh, of a famous movie that was called, what was it called? Uh, time Bandits. Time, time Bandits. Yeah. And uh, the thing about it is, this was a very, uh, I guess, what would you call it? A cult classic from the 80s. And yeah. uh, so it says, Di Director Taika Waititi has come under fire for casting decisions for his upcoming Apple TV comedy, Time Bandits. The series is based on the Terry Gilliam film, Terry Gilliam of... Uh, Brazil. <laughs> uh, well, I'm saying of what fame of oh, um, Monty Python. Monty Python. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. Um, well, no, he made Brazil too. So. Yeah. Uh, if, I, I was. I, I was assumed most people would think of. Um, That's Monty my, Python. I, they would. Yeah. Uh, in 1981, <laughs> the gang of time traveling thieves were all played by people of short stature. In Watiti's version, however, it appears that the bandits are being played by played by average sized average height actors. Although not all the casting details have yet been announced. The movie has been criticized by Abby Purvis, a Scottish actress and the granddaughter of one of the actors in Gilliam's film. Uh, and that was, uh, what was that guy's name? Jack Purvis was the, the name of that gentleman. Uh, she said the, said the casting of the 10-episode series, which is executive produced by Watiti and his longtime collaborator, uh, Jermaine Clement, uh, was tarnishing her grandfather's legacy. You seem to think that this is her vying for... A role in the or er, in the series, or she's bitter that she didn't get offered anything. My cynical side played part of this clip, and maybe we should play. But does part she of this clip. even have acting? She's an actor. So she's experience? she experience. What has she been in? She said that she got into acting because of her grandfather. I don't know what she's been in. Just the fact that she I lives haven't heard in, of her. That's all. Just the fact that she lives in Scotland might make this harder to cast in general, especially if she's not living in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm going to play a, a, a clip of her, her comments about it, and we'll go to, I had it at uh, 1 minute and 14 seconds. She kind of just does an intro about who she is and everything like that, so. Warning, trigger warning, Scottish accent. Uh, and I, I don't know incoming. how long the audio is going to be, so bear with me, guys. But now it's there in black and white that the time bandits have been cast as average height. Now... I don't know why this has happened. Maybe there's a reason, but I definitely don't know it. And as someone who is of short stature, I'm sort of baffled by it. So Time Bandits is the only film that's ever represented people like me in a way that isn't seen as a I goblin you'd take issue or with that. one of Snow White's seven little men. This was a film that changed the times and it was ahead of the times, to be honest because people like me weren't treated the same as they are now. That was a, uh, kind of a, a tacit admission that things have changed, at least, that, that we've grown as a culture. generation that is so big on talking about inclusivity and diversity and making sure that everyone's heard, this whole casting choice just seems absurd. The fact that you've taken an 80s 
film that is quite a niche and tried to almost make it normal to fit in with the industry really just clarifies everything that I've ever thought about the fact that people like me are forgotten about in the TV and film and theatre industry. Thoughts? This is infuriating because I was just reading Peter Dinklage's comments about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. The Seven Dwarves being uh, erased af- from from the new film mm-hmm. after his comments came out is like... There's been pushback on that. They were never planning to do that. Well, Disney only came out and said yeah, that and they said so were after. planning on... They, by the way, they probably hadn't even begun filming yeah. by the point that he made this comment. He assumed that they were going to include the Seven Dwarves in the new Snow White movie, and that's when they corrected it. Yeah. So he said, literally, no offense to anyone, but I was a little taken aback when they were very proud to cast a Latina actress as Snow White. You're still telling the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Take a step back and look at what you're doing there. It makes no sense to me. He said, you're progressive in one way and you're still making that effing backwards story about seven dwarves living in a cave together? What the F are you doing, man? Have I done nothing to advance the cause from my soapbox? I guess I'm not loud enough. He said it's... (laughs) I (laughs) think... If you tell the story of Snow White with the most effed up progressive spin on it, let's do it all in. But I just don't know. So he is fully admitting that he's been preaching from a soapbox for years about inclusion. He now feels like he's not being listened to. And then this much younger actress with dwarfism is saying exactly the opposite thing to him and activists don't know how to respond hollywood doesn't know how to respond because they're looking for how to be the most marketable after um after he made those comments the pro wrestler hornswoggle came out and said look you just took the jobs away from seven people that could have very much used that work but then there are there's a Peter Dinklage around every corner trying to say that it's offensive to cast, to like typecast them in general. And I mean, it's basically a situation where you can't win no matter what angle you go for. If you're trying to be culturally sensitive by not casting the seven dwarves in Snow White, or you're trying to be culturally sensitive by, uh, including them in Time Bandits. You cannot win. Stop trying. And here's the other thing. I think that they would love to do this. I think Hollywood legitimately has no clue how to do it without being offensive. There's too many landmines, like you said. Being offensive in the real way that it can be offensive or being offensive to a very small faction of people. Both. What? Never mind. Wait, what? I'm gonna let that go. We don't. We don't. We don't. Never mind here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought, I was like, was that on purpose? What is? A very small faction of people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, like they 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 don't know how to make something like this. And there there's a lot to be said about there has been a lot of media that's been made that uh, that makes light of 
of, of those conditions. But I don't think that it's well, fair. Peter Dinklage has literally done that before. Yeah. He has taken roles that are supposedly typecasting him mm-hmm. and are meant to crack a joke at his stature. Mm-hmm. Think about Elf. the scene. Yes, mm-hmm. in Elf, that's immediately what I thought of where he... He has said publicly that he wishes he hadn't done that. So. Okay, but you were an adult man who yeah. took the role and yeah. knew exactly what it was yeah. and you clearly you know, thought it was funny enough and not offensive at the time. He's definitely the wrong one here. He's 100% wrong. I, I don't disagree with her point. I, just, I understand her fire, but yeah. I disagree with the, for, the ferocity of it. It's not... There, like so my cousin is uh, has dwarfism, um, had, um, and uh, uh, there is. Uh, you have to admit that there is a. You're not going to, not, not going to. There's a certain role that you're that they're going to fill. That they're going to fill, yeah. And so taking that away for the the uh, facade of being sensitive. Sensitivity doesn't pay your bills. No. And like, and if, that's what a lot of the actors have said. The ones yeah. who are still uh, hungry to get those roles. Yeah. Like there's an not, entire agency that uh, Warwick yeah. Davis has started just for this. And yeah. it's like, that's amazing. That's like uh, uh, lemonade. Right. Yeah. Um, I think of Peter Dinklage, Vern Troyer, uh, Meredith Eaton, Warwick Davis, who's making Willow, mm-hmm. which is coming out. Um, the the wrestler Hornswoggle. Also, there's a show right now called Reservation Dogs that mm-hmm. has two actors. Um, was it uh, Lil Mike? That's his actual name. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least on the show, it's like a stage name. Uh, and and Funny Bone. That's the name of the two actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's their stage names. Uh, who are incredible in that show. Yeah. As like uh, they, they're like these side. They're not in every episode, but they're they're drive by characters, right? You right. see them every so mm-hmm. often. And uh, I think of Meredith Eaton, who played a, a legendary episode of House, where she goes toe to ha- toe with House in every scene, uh, and gains his respect in a way most of the regular, like you know, the non um, main cast members ever actually do in the in that episode. And she wasn't even the like it was her daughter mm-hmm. that was the the patient. Uh, she was also in the MacGyver remake and plays a a, a character that is it's never talked about. Her, her stature is never, at least that, not that I remember in the seasons that I remember, it's never referenced. That's an example of it being used well uh, in network TV. Linda Hunt uh, is an actress who's, I, I don't know if she is necessarily, uh, I don't know if she what height she is, but she's very, very short. I think she is technically considered um, a little person. I could be wrong about that. But I can think of a couple of examples off the top of my head, right? But the, the world can't bend to your whims. And it also speaks to the idea that Hollywood will remake anything however they want. And they've been remaking everything for years. Uh, in the name of inclusion and now they're remaking it differently and now they don't like it Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You, you know, you're getting, uh, it's your own sword that's stabbing you in the back. I just think if you have taken a role that in the past... Uh, that now goes against your new feelings about inclusion and diversity, then you were working against your own cause. And 
yes, all all of those years on your soapbox um, didn't actually like change anyone's hearts or minds. Yeah, somebody somebody pointed that out in the yeah. comments. Yeah, was uh, he was he kidding when he said that? I don't think he was kidding. I don't, I don't think he was kidding when he said that. Uh, like so, he's he's openly working against his own cause. Yeah. Yep. When film gore wrote on Twitter, we are ma- uh, why are they ma- remaking Time Bandits without the small people? They're uh, they're a big part of the film, no pun intended. People complain about wanting gay, trans, minorities in films. Why is nobody demanding representation for the little people? Pathetic. I do believe that they don't genuinely know how to write it in in a way that actually seems um, sensitive to their uh, to what's going on to to the the realities of the situation, uh, and that the 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 script writers and the people that could write that stuff are a dime a dozen, and that they would not they just well now in Hollywood's deranged like uh, standard, they would have to fill a writer's room with only yes. people with yeah. dwarfism so that they could write something accurate to the the real world experience. Which is weird because they're writing about something that's not a real world experience. Literally impossible. I don't know how you would source a writer's room of like even 10 screenwriters with dwarfism anyway to do that. But that is the the industry standard they're trying to push right now and it's not feasible and it's a failure by the way i'm going to point out that that is legitimately a failure telling people that they have to look or or have the same identity markers as your character first of all it's a tacit admission of the failure of creativity Mm -hmm. uh making it out that that you have to live a similar life to the person you're creating is telling me that art isn't real and that creativity is is void in your business but the examples that they always give Never Eternals didn't work out. Uh, she Hulk didn't work out. You do not get to decide what is uh, what is creative and what isn't. As if some, as if a, a girl can't write a guy character well, and as if a guy can't write a girl character well. That is bull. It's yeah, bull. and we even pointed out in the case of She Hulk that that heavily female writers' room yeah. is also a writers' room that has the experience of single careerist city yeah. women yep. not women in general so the goal of representing women's experience by doing that doesn't actually land yeah but you're only getting one female experience there by their logic they should only be telling stories about middle-aged women in los angeles with no kids <laughs> who are uh the women cool. who aren't lawyers, by the way. Yeah. Well, they, they admitted that down the way, too, that they, they, they tried to write a lawyer show. How far show. can you take this? Yeah, they, they, they realized like halfway through like the, when they were writing the first episode that they had no idea how to write a lawyer, so they just gave up, but still called it She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Right, exactly, even though it was somehow managed just fine for Legally Blonde. Could have hired David E. Kelly, but he's not a woman, so how, <laughs> what would he know? Right. Mm. Hey, actually, that's another. That's a good point. We're kind of off topic, but like, so Johnny you, Depp lawyer. You need you need women writers to write women characters, but you don't need lawyer writers to write lawyer characters. When does it end? Yeah. And that means there would actually be context and expertise needed. Yeah, and that's an example where it actually matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but the I feel like consultants are a thing. Well, yeah, I mean, they have, like, any law enforcement show has a law enforcement consultant on uh, on air. I mean, look at how the, the people who have wrote, like, uh, all of the famous 
like Tom Clancy, the amount of research they did to write all their books is insane because to make it feel authentic, they had to do a bunch of research. It doesn't mean he went to did buds and became a Navy SEAL. It means he did a bunch of research about a world that he wasn't familiar with. I have to make the joke that John Grisham did so much research that he became a lawyer. There you go. <laughs> what about Stephen King? What research does he do? Uh, cocaine. To, yeah. To, to have <laughs> Is that, that confirmed? All but confirmed? Yeah. All but I mean, confirmed. he said that. Yeah. Uh, most of his books the in the 70s and 80s were cocaine-fueled. Uh, which, you know what? We could make the argument that, that was, those were good times. Yeah, it's like man. Metallica was better when they were alcoholics. Yeah. Well, they're still alcoholics, but they when they were... You know, not I recovery. Guess the excuse to uh, not get consultants for the context and details that actually matter, like making a show about a lawyer, would be uh, it's about a superhero. Doesn't so it matter. matter. It's not supposed to be realistic. There's no real world superheroes. We can't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? Hire Meredith. Perfect Eaton. Cop out. That's I'm, when it's okay to turn your brain off. I am going to, I am going to, um, I'm going to stand that Meredith Eaton gets all the roles because she's great in everything she's in. Warwick Davis is still kicking and going strong. Uh, his kids are acting. In, his kids in, are in, 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 in Willow. Yeah. Here's a, here's a funny story. When me and Mary, when we discussed D23, I remember this. We discussed D23. and I didn't know that Willow existed. <laughs> so like, I thought that Willow was an original <laughs> thing. She goes, literally everything was a remake, but that one, and I'm like, what, which one wasn't a remake? She goes, Willow. I'm like, Oh no, no, that's, that's no, still yeah, a, but now Ron they're Howard like, classic. they are, <laughs> they'd rather scrape the absolute bottom of the barrel for the cult classics of the eighties, the cult, cult, cult classics, yeah. well, uh, rather than create something new that could be even more popular today. Is, there's an evil dead show and remake. So you're Ash not wrong. Evil dead? Ash was the evil dead. Uh, and then evil without dead 2013. Re- the one with Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's a movie too. Yeah. Fiddy Alvarez disaster, in my opinion. I never saw it. Yeah. Uh, Evil Dead was. It's my thing. very serious. Was <laughs> Raimi involved? No. In in the show, even in the show, yes. In the show, yes. writer or just producer? director? Oh, he directed it. Okay. Yeah, well, it's episodes. So, it's, yeah. The annoying part is how they're like, and then it's so and so's producing. I'm like, that doesn't really yeah. James matter. James Cameron. Yeah. Is what you're talking about. <laughs> they they did the same thing when they did the. Um, do you remember um, superhero cafe? Batman and Superman, like they, they, Batman and Superman sit across from each other at a cafe and they talk to, talk to each other. And Superman's always really nice, and Batman's always kind of just like, <laughs> you know, it's not how it should have ended. It, it, no, it is. Oh, it's okay, like, but it. it's that's the segment, right? So okay, it's from how yeah, it should have yeah, ended. Yeah. And they do the thing where they're like, Superman's talking about the launch of Man of Steel. And, and he's like, why did the, in Batman's like, why did you put Christopher Nolan's name in there? Because Christopher <laughs> Nolan produced the movie. They're like, yeah. you, you and I both know that has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. Has, it doesn't matter at all. So, yeah. So we'll see. This is, this is one of those stories where this probably won't get the, the, the reach she wants because whether they like it or not, being for inclusion when it comes to gay rights, uh, to trans, uh, to tra- to characters that are trans and all these things, that's fashionable right now. And mm-hmm. what Hollywood cares about is what's fashionable. It's not mm-hmm. fashionable for them to promote uh, somebody, uh, uh, more people that have dwarfism or, or little people to the front of the. I marquee. really haven't seen much of a push for that. Uh, like any actors or actresses with disabilities other than in like modeling i see it in acting uh they did it with um uh, some people were mad like i remember there was even proto um pushback they were like why is daredevil 
Why, like, why did they cast Charlie Cox to play Daredevil originally? Because he's he was, not blind. Because he's not blind. Yeah. And I'm like, because yeah. they do show flashbacks. Because he still yeah. has to act like he yeah. is. He yeah. can see because yeah. that's what the superhero part of it yeah. is. But And that's still a bad argument, like having an actor play. And this is the one time in that realm of conversation that I actually agree, whether it's any sort of LGBTQ um, representation. Sure, that's 100% fine. But you don't like to say that you are that. So that's the only thing you can play is kind of weirdly limiting. And, you know, like it must be somebody who does this. Then you are going to Thank only you. play those roles. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you're. Uh, uh, an example of that is, did you ever watch the, um, uh, uh, no, 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 wrong. Um, House of the Dragon, the girl, the grown up version of Rhaenyra. Yeah. She's amazing. But in their view, in, in that world viewpoint, she would only play characters that are that, that yeah. what she is in real life. Right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Or what she lives as. Like uh, I said, the worst job in the world right now would be a casting director. But you can, you can, it, you are not outwardly locked into something right yeah. if you are one of those things but if you are one of these people you are hollywood weirdly demands that actors and actresses have no boundaries mm-hmm. uh about what they're willing to do on camera but like when it comes to their identity markers right it has reverse, to reflect yeah. who they are in real life make any sense that's a rigid thing but you can't have any of your own boundaries nope it's a a hypocritical horrible industry (laughs) it's a horrible industry it's a horrible industry (laughs) on that note Bryce E says shout out to my guy Wesley with the Packer hat oh there you go fellow traveler (laughs) Andrew M (laughs) said I guess the little community came up short in negotiations I I read there's a few here that are going to be um, if I was more cynical there would be a but I'm but I'm not going (laughs) to do that Rega Tan said, heard about Helena Taylor Bayonetta situation? Uh, I know that's an absolute cluster. Uh, all I know about it was like it had something to do with uh, like how much she was paid or something like that. Dane would probably be better off uh, talking about that one. Dane, by the way, Dane will, will – meme review Friday. Dane, right? That's what we're planning yeah. for right now? It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, that would be one of those ones where it's like I, I'm not uh, read up enough on it, but I, I think Dane would like to talk about that. Yes. Joseph said, no one is entitled to Hollywood products. Uh, if you guys go watch, I, I want you to, um, like, to, have, uh, to be involved in it. Like that act, oh. I do feel that there was a, a little bit of resentment and entitlement on, be- on, this, on the behalf of that actress who I think she felt that she was going to get offered a role in that. Uh, I could be reading into that. But that's the natural uh, evolution of inclusion. If they uh, of ever representation, were right? planning on casting people with dwarfism from the very beginning, they would have reached out to her for sure. Yeah. So that's got to be at least one of the reasons she started talking about it. Tom Cruise is my short Hollywood representation, <laughs> as far as I know. Daniel he's like five ten. No, he's no, not. He's, he's five six. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, haven't you? I'll send you the video later. There's a great video of like of a, it's a compilation of like to, it's called Tom Cruise angles. How they make him look taller than That's he is. Funny. They're like uh, they they do it in the Top Gun Ma- or the not the Top Gun Maverick, but the Top Gun Honest trailer. Where like here's Val Kilmer sitting. Here's Val <laughs> Kilmer leaning over an airplane. Here's Val Kilmer. Like it's like literally Tom Cruise talking to people, and everyone has to contort their body so that he doesn't look as short. That he had that power then. Yeah, already in the eighties. Uh, bad app. I'm not going to read that. 
Wayward Soul said when Tim Burton's Wonka remake did not include multiple little peeps for Oompa Loompas, it was disappointing. I watched that remake and thought it was like Gonzo. <laughs> it, yeah. Are they are they making another one with Timothy Timothy Chalamet? Yes, they are yes. right now. Yeah, and it's the guy. Um, I can't remember his name now, Why? but the guy who made the Paddington the sequel, which I actually love. Like, I've heard that that people like that. The Johnny it's, Depp one wasn't even that long ago. You don't need to remake it. Two thousand five. That's not long enough to make another not one. Not long enough to make no, another one. That's I mean, barely longer than, or barely shorter than, what was it, 73? I guess that's a while. Do, you, do we consider the end of the reboot? Like, like, have we officially reached the end of it when they finally de- desecrate Back to the Future? It won't happen while uh, Bob Gale, is that his name, is still alive. Why? It's in his contract. Ah, yeah. So there is a reason. Yeah. There you go. They're going to run out, like logistically. They're going to run out of things to remake. Yeah. There are. I mean, there the, is only so much. The. I mean, well, no, it'll just get more and more obscure. It'll eventually, like, remember that weird cable access show that we had. <laughs> See, that's what they should be remaking is bad things. Yeah. Because a lot of things we like are remakes of bad things from before. I want them to, like the thing is a remake of a bad movie. I would have like uh, somebody's like they should have made an actual Wayne's World cable access show. Like, but like, make it like look like a cable access show, but put it on like national networks before yeah. they made Wayne's World the movies. And I said, "Oh my!" They can do that now. I have to add I mean, that they, to my movie list. They did. It was Saturday Night Live. Uh, <laughs> but I'm saying that yeah. they should. It should have been separate, like yeah. in its own thing, just not Saturday Night Live. It would be now. It'd be a YouTube channel owned by NBC Universal. Yes, <laughs> the remakes I want are cinematic uh, versions of the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. Um, Did you particularly watch? the Disney princess ones that were sanitized mm-hmm. in all the 20th century, like by Disney? Well, I want the Brothers Grimm fairy that? tales. Couldn't anybody do that technically? Is that They're, public domain or are they owned still? I, I don't know the legality of it yeah. because I suppose they have the rights to it now. Public domain. Well, the Brothers Grimm fairy tale would be. Would that be public domain then? The, I mean, the, the aren't the characters public domain? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look into it. Hmm. We'll see. But somebody do it for her. <laughs> yeah, they must be. Because you I know watch. there was a Snow White remake in uh, the 2010s with like Kristen Stewart in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah. 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 So that's got to be. That wasn't Disney, right? The movie that ruined a marriage. Somebody recently asked me if I ever saw Gretel and Hansel. Uh, I was like, "You think I'm going to go see Gretel and Hansel?" No. Was that a horror movie? Yeah, I liked it. Uh, like Gretel and Hansel. It, yeah. Was it actually scary? It's very. Unsettling. I have like a, a huge sensitivity to like if things are scary. Like, it's so it's uh, the guy who made it. Like it's uh, Anthony Perkins' son, like Psycho, Oz mm-hmm. Perkins. And he made like the Black Coat's daughter. He does really satanic feeling horror yeah so, i hate that would be, a lot of yeah. people think that uh gretel and hansel in a lot of ways um has like parallels with hereditary and i don't know there are some movies i watched them and it's not even the theme of satanism or demons or whatever that bothers me in them it's that i feel like i'm not watching it alone yeah and it's a very visceral feeling like it's not i'm not superstitious i've never like experienced a ghost or anything paranormal like that but i do i know that i am not like watching that movie alone and i'm being watched watching the movie it feels like that movie 
feels evil. Like and it feels, it feels like evil, some right? people, even if like I don't believe that this, uh, if I didn't believe this held power, uh, some people do in the film industry. They will do like magic to a film mm-hmm. that they believe curses people who watch it. Mm-hmm. And I find that extremely sinister. Yeah. Gretel and Hansel strikes me as that kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hereditary strikes yeah. me as that kind of movie. Hereditary? I don't. Um, I didn't feel that way. But Midsummer Gretel strikes me as that kind of movie. Yeah. Gretel and Hansel so definitely feels like, like, oh, I'm watching something that will follow. Like it'll, I'm affected by this. And now. there, so, yeah. there's a way to make the. There's a way to make remakes of of Brothers Grimm that isn't like that yeah. because it was palatable for children when it was scary. Mm. It's fine to make something scary. Yeah. Just don't like do weird satanic shit to it <laughs> in post i don't know uh derek Nall said brett ash versus the devil versus the evil dead was a return to form i'm sending form yeah. for rami rami i agree with that I'm, Bro, my point wasn't whether it was good or bad it was just that they did it like firefly to cancel too soon so they can't like yeah it was only on for like what two or three seasons or yeah, something a like season that? and a half or something like that um, yeah uh, was it one of those things where they're like, it's two seasons, but it's really just like they cut it up into. I think the idea was that the re- it was supposed to be longer and then they had to wrap up the entire story in the second season. So and it's uh, truncated. So there's not a full Bruce payout. Campbell, man, in the movie, so. Bruce Campbell, um, Love Bruce Campbell. Uh, if you want to see Bruce Campbell, like if anybody hasn't seen Burn Notice, go watch <laughs> yeah, Burn yeah, Notice yeah, just for Bruce. Burn Campbell. Notice sucked. I'm sorry. You're wrong. I've watched almost all of it. And I love your love of burn notice. You're objectively wrong. It's uh, very you to like burn to lo- notice. Why? It's, it's just Is it not? Okay. Action <laughs> explosion. You explain no, why no, it's not. Okay, Hot I, I will chick. explain why it's not. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, what's funny is I always thought, thought that she looked like weirdly old. No, yeah, totally. Like, she's not, but she looks weirdly old. But she is, like, conventionally hot in yes. the show. Yes. Um, Jerry Burns. Also, she has no belly button. No, she, I, I didn't notice that either. Uh, <laughs> Jerry uh, Jerry Burns, right, is the bad guy, uh, Anson. And then later you get uh, another version. So what they do is the very first bad guy that they have that, that's a big bad throughout the show, it's about this uh, network of spies uh, that is like anti that, that you know they were ripped from the government and told to do this operation. And then so you have to see Michael kind of struggle with the idea later after he takes down that organization. Another one pops up that's uh, loyal to the people. The one that he that that like kind of trapped him in the first five seasons got everything they wanted through coercion and blackmail and and you know death basically right and then he he meets somebody in the last season where they do basically another version of that group but it's principled and they believe in not leaving the their fellow men behind and you have to see him as eventually kind of have to make the decision does he pledge his loyalty to the u.s government or do he, does he pledge his loyalty to a group that embodied the good things of the one organization that ruined his life but had redeeming qualities meaning that they could run operations that the u.s government couldn't that's an interesting premise but Mm -hmm. the idea was that they manipulated people to do that he finds basically what feels like a good version of that group and has to make the decision as to whether does he actually have loyalty to the u.s government or does he have loyalty to his ideals 
uh, and he ends up, uh, you kind of get a break later where he has to, the bad guy kind of becomes weirdly more bad in a way that felt forced to me, mm. but it was very, very good in premise, the execution of it. Uh, so I think there was a lot of interesting stuff there. Yes, a lot of explosions. And I did take issue with the fact that the story got um, more serious after season five. Mm. Like it got weirdly serious when it was not serious in the first. They even changed the, the outro <laughs> song. Like really? the outro song used to be like really, really... Da -dun -da -dun -da -da. And then like after season five and like people are dying all the time, there's all this bad stuff going on. They had to put a more serious song in the credits to fit the tone of the show. Mm. Um I like the Hawaii Five O remake. Love it was amazing well, at the same time. I, I mean, not in the later like, around the same time. You hear um, the one the Jerry character reference the alt right, and that was when it jumped. Okay, the shark but and... that that was after I stopped watching. Yeah, that was that was in the later seasons. I do <laughs> recommend everyone watch Burn Notice. Uh, also, practical effects and stunts. Oh, um, did not know that. Uh, Matt Nix is a big proponent of like all those explode, like almost all those explosions you see are real explosions mm. that they actually set off themselves, not done with CGI. Yeah, that's so. cool. Yep. Center conservative mom 98 said, I'm five, one and one quarter short people unite. <laughs> Same. Yes, we are. We are of short stature. Have you ever seen that? Um, the there's a video. It's like, uh, it's a girl. She's like, uh, Putting guys on blast who claim they're six feet on on uh, what is it Tinder Tinder know, yeah. and they put like a like they mark six feet on the door for like when the guys come in <laughs> and then they show a guy pick up like a scale and put he's like putting girls on blast and he puts <laughs> the scale right in front of the door so like when they come in they just yeah. <laughs> Potatoes for Seamus said, Brett, if no one has said it lately, love the blonde. Oh, well, they you. want you to keep the blonde. Well, if we ever have a 20, uh, a 20 crisis party day, I will re-dye re it and keep it. Uh, all right. Yes. I uh, want to see you have Targaryen white hair, man. Yeah. Oh, then we can match. Stevie, uh, uh, Stevie J in the comments says, Hawaii Five O. this Subway sandwich is so Subway, Subway, Subway. Eat at Subway. Oh, my God, Subway. It's right. There was really bad product placement oh. that yeah. I adored. I loved the bad product placement. It's, but I, I, I tended to I find that I was too young funny. to notice it. Uh, I, I like it when they're like, uh, like they would even do that in, in, in shows like Burn. It's like, why is he talking to OnStar? <laughs> like, was like he's like randomly coming. They're like on star. Yeah. Like when you would never hear something like that mm -hmm. in in a show like that. So yeah. Now that I think about it, it's kind of got to get your money where you kind of weird that budget. I was watching Hawaii Five, like almost exclusively like stuff like Hawaii Five O, Burn Notice, uh, The Closer. Uh, covert affairs. God, covert Dude, the mid two thousands glorious. Uh, like, like, oh, man. I don't so remember many, a lot so of it many. very well, but I liked it. At the I time. would, if I, if I didn't do this, my, I would have a podcast dedicated to just. It would just be called the awesomeness of mid to, of the mid two thousands. <laughs> it would just be those in shows. plain sight. Was that yes. one of them? Yeah, in plain sight. Was freaking great. <laughs> and then the Holly About, Holly what? Hunt had a one. Uh, um, Holly Hunter, sorry. Saving Grace. Saving Grace. Yeah, there's so many of these. <laughs> um, uh, and that's a good example. The Holly Hunter one is a good example of like a character. You can make a character with like amazingly heavy character flaws. 
she's like an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, like, like <laughs> those were like that was a good era of agenda-free television where it's like uh, like Covert Affairs, like Saving Grace, like any of those shows. Those were strong female characters before they pushed you strong female characters done by actresses that had the acting chops and the ability to shoulder that burden uh, yeah. of what that role needed of them. Is that sweet Fringe spot before self-awareness? Yep. Uh, in Fringe, uh, if you guys want to, if you guys haven't seen Fringe, go watch. If you, oh, go watch the intro to the fifth season of Fringe, and it's based. It's like it's super based. It's like freedom of. Season. It's like freedom of like private ownership, freedom of thought. It's like it's crazy. Like whoever <laughs> wrote it was uh, probably uh, like uh, an Ayn Rand follower. Uh, yeah. So huh. guys, go watch Fringe. Anna Torv, Joshua Jackson. Uh, John Noble, very, very good. All right, uh, it's time to move on, and we're going to talk about the character assassina assassination of Bill Murray. The funny part about this is that I, for one, personally, I think that Bill Murray is kind of a... Not, not a fed. I, I a fed? Find, I find much of his personality and all the things that people love about his personality to be extremely manufactured. Mm. Like, look at him. He's so quirky. He just got behind the bar and started bartending. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at He just gave this guy the, at the World Series a World Series ticket. Oh, yeah. When there's a camera there to take a picture of it so that you can write some lame slice <laughs> of life article about. He always came across to me as a guy who was probably extremely domineering, controlling, and had a horrible attitude it's behind the scenes. It's all but like completely confirmed that he at least has anger issues and yeah. like doesn't respect people's personal boundaries like physically he will get in people's faces and like touch them yeah. and yell at them so it says before Harvey Weinstein's downfall and the emergence of the Me Too movement, the movie industry was a vastly different arena. In current year, we're seeing Me Too villains like Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, and Paul Haggis on trial this week for alleged sexual offenses. And now, much like cancel culture, the Me Too discussion of inappropriate behavior in the film industry remains open, even for matters that don't reach quite Weinstein-level uh, like realms of misdeeds. Right. So mm -hmm. they also there was an article today written about how Anna Faris was complaining about the bad behavior of Ivan Reitman mm. on the set of stuff he made. And then, of course, all the columns, like, he was always bad. She claimed he, like, slapped, slapped her, her ass in yeah. front of the crew members. Yep. But, like, where's the push to cancel people who were complicit in Weinstein's misdeeds? Because literally everyone knew about it. Have you ever seen that everyone. picture? Everyone. Of like Oprah Winfrey, like basically presenting a, a, a there, tiny woman to Harvey Weinstein. Yes, it's super. There creepy. were what were called Weinstein girls. Yeah. Okay, like everyone knew what was going on, including the women who were participating in his corrupt behavior. Yep. The women who knowingly, like, if you're going to his hotel room, you know what's up. It's, it's like not the, saying it's your fault if no, something exactly. bad happens completely. But if you already know his reputation and what this transactional relationship is about. It's like the girl who like went up to the hotel room with Aziz Ansari. She's like, I had no idea why he wanted me to go up to his room with him. I mean, that was even a whole different situation and relevant to Bill Murray because Aziz Ansari needed to like rebuild his reputation. Yeah. Um, after like this girl did a write-up on him 
because they like didn't have sex. Wrong <laughs> it, type of wine, I it, remember was it, one of the complaints. And that, then like he bought her an Uber, like he got her a cab afterwards. Like he got her an Uber. It's like he was the most polite. Literally, just like oops, um, had an awkward interaction with this like B-list celebrity. So so bleeding fool runs through the recent allegations, and there's absolutely. A case to be made that this all came out suspiciously at the same time. We right? have talked about Bill Murray before being mortal got shut down, though. Yes. Um, I, I just don't remember the details. He was, I remember screaming in, like, allegedly screaming in someone's face. Yeah. Um, on set. And like grabbing them by the, by their skull, like screaming in their face. And that's when, when I saw all the slice of life stories about Bill Murray. Somebody else in the comments mentioned, "Well, he had tea with uh, with Riza." Like that's ex- it's it's like he um, does like it's like uh um uh what's her name went to jail for tax or for uh, finance fraud. Martha Stewart. It's like Martha Stewart oh. and and Snoop Dogg being friends. It's nobody too actually cutesy. buys that they're mm-hmm. actually friends. BS. It's it's a facade, and uh, so yeah. so we have the the hundred thousand dollars paid to a much younger, which literally dirt is. Much I was younger saying than like, <laughs> if this production assistant had been in her forties, she <laughs> could still be described as a much, much younger. younger employee. So so he pays her a hundred thousand dollars because he jumped on her lap and then started making out with her while they both had masks on because that's something normal people do. Uh, and then they also talk about uh, they talk about what was it Gina Davis and the issue with the personal massager, she, yeah, really creepy. Mm-hmm. She but that was said in, the 90s. in her her memoir that yep. she uh, repeatedly told him he she didn't want him to like use this massage device on her that was called the thumper, <laughs> and he did it anyway and ignored her. And then he also like screamed at her in front of. Hundreds of cast and crew members yeah. for a quick change, and then uh, and then the accusations continued when Rob Schneider said that Murray hated uh, the the entire cast of, of Saturday Night Live. That he came back when he came back to guest host, he wasn't very nice to us. Schneider said uh, he said he hated the Saturday Night Live. I think this when is he hosted, hilarious. Absolutely hated us, and I mean seething. Snyder <laughs> contended that Murray displayed extra ire towards certain cast members. He hated Chris Farley with a passion, like he was just seething looking at him, Snyder <laughs> said, before adding that Murray, quote, really hated Sandler, too. Go I take, off, Bill Murray. I take offense to that because I love Adam Sandler. You leave Adam no. Sandler alone. Adam Sandler is annoying as all hell. Leave Sorry. Adam Sandler alone. Uh, it, it was just naked rage. <laughs> I honestly respect it, like because <laughs> there's there's so many people who who, especially in that industry, hold up a facade of like civility. And but he doesn't hold up a facade. He doesn't. He does put up a facade. He puts up a facade of I'm a weirdo. It's okay. Facade, I'm a weirdo. His facade is like it's okay that I have issues and I don't respect people because. I'm quirky and out of the box that. and I'm sort of like Jim Carrey. Like Jim Carrey does that shit too. He gets the excuse that because he is uh, you know, a kook. Yeah. That he can do whatever he wants I, I hate socially. It. I don't like the idea. It's like the people who it's like you've got that friend who just says really rude things. You say it's cuz I'm blunt. I'm like no, you're just an asshole. However, a lot of people who are fond of Bill Murray and his sense of humor and are familiar with it 
um, could defend what happened with this production assistant because I don't know how she was reacting to this. I don't know if, like, because the witness who was there, the third party witness who was there, didn't say anything about, like, intervening. Like, clearly if she had been, like, shrieking or, like, recoiling from him, then someone would have stepped in. Yeah. I don't know the context. So he's cracking a joke at himself for being out of touch for being socially like unaware for being old and gross looking for being sexless and that makes sense in his deranged old man brain and he's also making a joke about the covid regulations because he's like making out with her through the mask he's making a joke about how ridiculous and overreaching those protocols are it makes sense yeah why in his crazy old man brain that was funny to him let's also talk about seth green uh <laughs> this was actually sad seth green also spoke up this week about an altercation with murray on snl when he was nine and a mid-30s murray again guest hosting says green was set to play a kid in a skit he was sitting backstage watching tv when he says murray saw me sitting on the arm of his of this chair and made a big fuss about me being in his seat and i was like that is absurd i am sitting on the arm of this couch there are several lengths of this sofa kindly f off i doubt he, he actually like, said that at nine years old he's like and then i was like this uh, and then uh, and then he was like that's my chair green says that he refused he picked me up by my ankles <laughs> and held me upside down dangled me over a trash can and was like the trash goes in the trash can and I was screaming and I swung my arms, flailed widely, full contact with his balls. He dropped me in the trash can and the trash can falls over. I was horrified. I ran away, hid under the table of my dressing room and just cried. That's kind of sad. <laughs> it like I think it's too dangling him over the trash can is a little bit. Like, that could be done in jest, but just dropping him in was what took it too far. Well, what I gained from that is that he wouldn't have dropped him if he hadn't hit him in the balls. Yeah. So it's really What do you Seth expect Green's the kid fault. to do? <laughs> but also, Seth Green is allegedly a predator. Yes. So I don't know if I should feel bad for him. Uh, I, was, I, I just remembered that Seth Green... Do you remember uh, Seth Green was in episode two of The X-Files? No. He plays like a stoner hmm. that like breaks into a military base with a stoner girlfriend. Get out of town. And then, and then the and then the and then Mulder and Scully like find them and take them to a to a diner and they're basically there and they're like, Whoa, burgers. <laughs> Is that what people thought and then, we did to you and then, in the nineties? Yeah, and then uh and then um like they go out afterwards and Scully's like Mulder, if I was that stoned, he goes, oh, if you were that stoned. He was also in the the very classic rollerblading movie, Airborne, from 1993. Those are like two of his earliest mo- uh, movie credits with a very, very young Jack Black. Oh. Hasn't he done voice acting, too? Yes, he does a lot of voice no. acting. So, uh, so uh, I, I'm here to, to mention that I think that uh, Bill Murray, whatever you want to think of him, I don't think that he gets off scot-free. I like. I do believe this is coordinated. I don't know why. Mm. I don't really care because mm. he always came across phony to me. Mm. That's just me. Well, I just don't understand why he's getting picked out because there yeah. are so many antisocial <laughs> assholes yeah. in Hollywood that get away with it 
and no one calls them out. So I don't know. Maybe someone more powerful Isn't than him. Isn't this like part and parcel of the exact it? same thing that David Russell has been accused of, and he's just yes, flying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's he's flying high. People are working with him, making excuses for him. <laughs> well, uh, he yeah. does similar stuff. That's yeah. like Make like falling asleep at uh uh table read for making, Margot Robbie yeah. making excuses but not making any money because Amsterdam's losing like a hundred million dollars I guess that's karma for you um but for Murray like it's also possible like there the 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 summation from this article is that this was like coordinated uh I think it's more I, likely there's that, no proof for that that the story is just kind of yeah it's yeah. snowballed and then everyone who's ever worked with them's like I remember when Bill Murray was a dick yeah like that's what happens? I'm sure Sometimes that people he's are like, been... this isn't that big of a deal. And then they find out somebody else. It's happened to them. They're like, oh, maybe this is a big deal. And, you know. I'm sure Bill Murray has been mean to a lot of people who deserved it, though. <laughs> or made fun of well, a lot of saying. people who can't uh, joke around, who have no sense of humor like mm-hmm. Kiki Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't. I, mean, I bet I, she, even she though she's not the person who filed this complaint against him, I'm sure she added her own two cents once they started investigating it. I don't doubt that the story about him pulling her hair on set jokingly is fake. Also, I remember the remember the Lucy Liu allegations of them like of him yelling at her and her yelling at him right back on set when they when they were making Charlie's Angels. That yeah. I didn't see this part where MCG, who was the producer, I think he might have directed it as well. Yeah, the film's director, MCG, also claimed that Murray headbutted him while working on the project. Yeah, I buy that Bill Murray just was like that, and then people were like, oh. He's just so quirky. Uh, it's oh. the same thing as David O. Russell yeah. taking a production assistant and literally like choke slamming him to the ground like he's a rag doll. Yep. These people are just out of control. Maybe what we do is we get David O. Russell, we get Bill Murray, and we get Ezra Miller, and we send them off on Take, an adventure. They together. need like anger management rehab. Yes. Or something. Uh, or these guys could take a. a or like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sedatives. I mean, how many sedatives does Bill Murray need? He's 72. He is a sedative. He like, like, <laughs> if he's awake, he's angry. If he's awake, he's angry. <laughs> and that stuff came out today about, about Ivan Reitman being supposedly uh, a bad person to work with. And that's like, they've, they've, have they really exhausted their resources of creepy predators? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. There's probably plenty of more people you can go after. And I don't Seth like, Green. Yeah, like Seth, like Seth Green. We don't Not know. really, though. We don't know. Uh, I, I just I don't buy the part about it being coordinated. I just think that Bill Murray, like eventually the chickens come home to roost, uh, and you get what's coming. Is that right? That's, That's funny. Right. Yeah, uh, and you get what's coming to you. Uh, and it's just uh, he always came across as incredibly fake in that regard to me. That it always seemed manufactured. Kind People of- in Hollywood are just narcissists who can't get along with anyone. Nope. They can't stand not being the center of attention. They can't stand being the butt of anyone's jokes. They can't stand feeling like they are seen as an equal with, you know, other people on a set. Yeah. They have to grandstand and uh, push for their their power dynamic that they want. Yeah, which yeah. is funny because there's, which <laughs> that's is, what all narcissists yeah, yeah, are. Yeah, it's funny because there's so much power in not being that way. Think about the respect Keanu Reeves commands by treating everyone just with general basic respect. I feel like that's a facade too. Sorry, um, everyone's gonna hate me for saying it, but I feel like it's the same vibe as Bill Murray. Maybe. I projecting I, I, some image that you're this like 
I don't know, like some kind of hero in Hollywood. And I just, I don't buy it. And I don't care even if it's true. With little to no evidence, I disagree. Why does it matter whether an actor is a good person anyways? Um, I, for some reason, I like the stories when, when the, about Keanu Reeves. I have no reason for justifying why I think his are real. It's and just Murray's wholesome 100 doggo, yeah. like, <laughs> level. I love it. Like, <laughs> internet but the, but memes. The, the Murray stuff was never wholesome. It was always, it was quirky. It was, yeah. he's like, uh, he's well, just, it's like he's acting relatability. Weird, that's, that's the same angle. It's like the, the same angle PR wise. It was like the old guy version of Manic Pixie Dream Girl mm. back in. Uh, yeah. Ew. <laughs> So, Bill Murray is a manic pixie dream manic, old man. Manic, <laughs> old manic pixie ghostbuster. Yeah. That's what he is. Manic pixie patriarch. Ugh. You got a couple of uh, super chats there. Let's go for it. Potatoes for Seamus. Oh, oh no, yeah. I only see one. It's just the one. Yep. We'll wait for him. Nope. It's all fine. Right. Let's move on. Uh, all right. I want th- This is really interesting. It's about Kerry Washington, Zoe Kravitz, Rosario Dawson. Uh, are urging Congress to pass something called the Crown Act, which is really, really fascinating to me because they they, they get more into equity, but it has to do with hairstyles in Hollywood. And it I, it sounds ridiculous, but it says, in a strongly word, uh, worded letter sent to the U.S. Senate, SAG-AFTRA encouraged Congress to pass the bill as an essential step towards making all workplaces safe for people of color. I I, the language there is ridiculous. I don't understand um, the Screen Actors Guild mm-hmm. pushing for this if they're talking about all workplaces yeah. and inclusion across all industries. It's an entertainer's union. Yeah. Yep. It stands for creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. Um, I guess they think that they are particularly affected by hairstyle discrimination in Hollywood. But if anything, that's where it would be the least likely to happen. No, no, because no. They're very if you, specific. Like, look, at, look at how directors uh, and costume designers now are trying to incorporate how actors and actresses really style themselves in real life. Yes, like... To reflect them and their personality. Like The Little Mermaid. They kept... Holly Bailey's dreads in The Little Mermaid not because she brought it up as what she wanted to do but because the director from the jump wanted those to be included in her character yeah I'm sure she was open to the alternative I found this old article and I wanted to reference it before this is from uh, there's an actress named Shalita Grant who was on NCIS New Orleans and she had this article and I remember this is from last year Physical and emotional damage with her hair. It's related to the show. I just remembered this now. Shalita Grant is the latest black actress uh, to discuss a lack of support behind the scenes when it comes to providing hairstylists who are equipped to handle black hair that is textured. They're talking about it as if they're, what they're saying is that basically that they're uh, like on, the, on certain shows, they're told to wear their hair a certain way, right? That can be damaging to, how, to, to their hair because of how they have to style it um, and they have a problem with that. The problem is, like you said, the director... The, the set designer, all these people that, uh, the, the costume designer, they have a lot, a lot more input in what that character is actually supposed to look like. And you're the moldable clay that, they, that you need to mold yourself out to be what they need you to be for that role. Mm-hmm. This seems like a thing where they want to be able to like, th- what, there's they hire similar, you and then you're like, well, I'm not changing. There's a similar conversation about uh, how much an actor should weigh. Yeah. Like it ultimately 
should be up to casting directors what you look like. Yeah. So it says, sadly, this kind of experience has not always been the norm. Grant, uh, they're talking about how she's moved on from that yet, uh, that, she, that her project after this allowed her more freedom. They said, uh, Grant, on the now-canceled NCIS New Orleans, uh, during her time there, she suffered physical hair damage due to the inexperience of the hairstylists. I had started documenting some of the physical damage that was going on. It's harder to document the emotional damage. Yes. Emotional. Uh, emotional damage. damage. The physical damage was the wigs uh, she was required to wear were causing damage to her natural hair. In six months' time, I had already had a bald spot in my head from season two. She said uh, the continuation of that had gotten to the point that by season four, Grant said she noticed the threat, uh, the threat of balding at the front of her hairline. Everyone on Twitter let me know that it looks like that, that looks like a helmet. By that point, I didn't care anymore. I was just protecting myself. So it's like you you can choose to leave. I guess, but it's like, I do understand the, uh, why are you whining? <laughs> like it's a job. Don't do it. Like if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But what do you do? I mean, I there's a point to be made. If, if your costume is yeah. physically you hurting you. That's yeah, what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's like, no, that's a no. But uh, the same conversation happens with Anthony Starr, right? Because he's losing his hair because yeah. of the Homelander thing. It's like, that's, that is part of it. And yeah. if you're going to take the role and know that you have to bleach your hair or do this, but if there, if you this made is that issue, choice to do true, that. true. But if there, if you're like, okay, I'll do that, but you didn't know that it would make you go bold. Then you have a conversation, yeah. right? And say like, it's not, it's not a, it's not that deep as the children say, but like, they're like, well, they're conspiring against us to make, to do emotional damage to us because of who we are. It's like, no, this happens to a lot of people just because it's happening to you. You tend to feel that it's for some, nefarious reason which is it, an exercise in narcissism okay. yes it is the crown act is a huge step in ending discrimination based on hair in public education and workplaces said sag after president fran drescher is that the same fran drescher yes, yes? The nanny. yeah okay all right let's go i'm yeah. now now i want to do it in her voice but i don't think i could uh <laughs> no, i can't do it people should feel free to style their hair how they feel most comfortable without the threat of prejudice or unequal treatment at work Look. not at, at not a hollywood job i'm kind of I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. Like, I yeah. don't know how often that's happening. Like, is that do you the think that's Screen happening? Actors Guild bringing up this concern is hypocritical simply because if you're an actor or actress, your appearance belongs to the people employing yeah. you for that p time period that you're filming. And in any other industry where that's not the case, it's a perfectly valid thing to yes. bring up. Yep. If you're if you have a hairstyle that is called unprofessional. And yep. it's not like I don't know you dyeing your hair blue. Yeah, it was called <laughs> if, if you have if you have a hairstyle that is called unprofessional. If you're just like a secretary or something, that's a valid concern. Yeah, but if your appearance belongs to people who casted you to play a certain character. It shouldn't be you that brings this forward to Congress for a law to get passed. Which is w the weird part, right? If this was the yeah. teachers' union bringing it forward, that makes more sense. Yeah, but yeah. because, uh, again, like the Hollywood narcissists yeah. are the most prone to having a gripe and a complaint at every, every juncture. Like, that's why they brought this forward. 
Yep. It says the when you are when you work in an industry where you can be hired or not hired, largely based on how you look, you become acutely aware of how damaging it can be to discriminate against someone based on something as extraneous as how you how they wear their hair. In their industry, that's not extraneous. Every detail matters. Yeah. Right, like you will see uh, scripts that list how their hair flows mm. in in wind. Right, it has nothing. It's not extraneous there. Try it might... Chris uh, Evans for a day. Yeah, like you have to be that friggin' huge. I'm sure that causes some emotional distress. Wait, what do you mean? To be that his body's not he's not a built guy to be Captain America. Oh, you have like, to look like Captain America yeah, and that's so the, long. The the men like the the men would always talk about how like they have to get in, in shape and yeah. then as soon as they're done shooting the scenes, like they, they would they talked <sighs> about how when he when he did the in Civil War, when he does the thing where he keeps the helicopter from mm-hmm. from leaving, he like he basically worked out for like a year to get ready for that scene so that he can flex in that scene. Mm-hmm. And then when they're done, they can like go back to or in Top Gun Maverick when they they spent like a year getting ready for the beach scene. And when then, ultimately you can edit all of that if yeah, you want to. Yep. But uh, I appreciate them like being committed to doing the role yeah. and and putting in the work that it takes to to look. Yeah, like Yeah, but that. it's the same concept. It's yeah. the same. Like I had to do extra work to look the part. That's how's that not this? So then, do you think <laughs> that that a lot of the think about what you mentioned about um, Halle Bailey and the Little Mermaid? Your critique was that you you think it's weird that they feel like they should be able to see themselves physically in a character that's not them, right? That they're yeah, actually... Yeah, and it's even weirder how Halle Bailey openly admitted she was not the one who proposed that as a creative decision. Yeah. It was pitched to her by the director yeah. before she even had an opinion. And then she was conditioned to think that that was normal. Was normal. She's already... Like, this is going to be a breakout role for her. And going forward, she just thinks that, like, her personal style should... Trumps the movie. Yeah, yeah should yeah, yeah. should trump the appearance of a, of an already existing character. The fact that the director pitched it makes me think that, that it's a, like, we're going to get a lot of articles about this. That exactly, was, yeah, and yeah. that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Well, in my... So, so my, um, my response is that... Or, or my question is that, is that trend now where they're telling actors that they can keep their hair and look this way, is that a reaction to the fear of pushback on something like this? Like the Shalita Grant complaining that the... No, that it's, having to it's wear more about virue signaling yeah. than, than avoiding future backlash from little Halle column Bailey. a little column because yeah. yeah. if it Both. hadn't if it hadn't been Halle Bailey's real hair they would have gone with a wig yeah simply like they would have gone with a wig but they chose not to and that's a premeditated decision that was made for her almost yeah she happened to be okay with it yep. but it, it's weird that she didn't seem to have a say in the matter every uh you know what's her name um the new CEO, the current CEO of Vought in The Boys, that is every Hollywood executive. Like, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No. You don't, you know, do you watch The Boys? I'm not watching it. Okay. So there is, a, it's like how, it's a calculation. It's, and like, yeah. we're going to trick people. We're going to make them buy into this thing. And it's for this terrible seed and awful reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? well, and they did like have contempt for the people that, watch their product well that is i mean that is absolutely true of the yeah. industry it's like there's there's nothing that i get out of any of it than more than contempt 
they were talking, I watched a couple of videos that were talking about She-Hulk being an exercise in contempt, an exercise in, in spite, yeah. mm -hmm. in hatred for the people that spend money on yeah, you. Yeah, they like it because it made you mad. Yeah, like it's which to be fair, that's why a lot of people like Trump. But <laughs> no, it's not even the same phenomenon. They're pretending that it's playing into their hands and that they find it funny and they're playing along by incorporating the trolls into the script. But but it actually does. It bother actually them. bothers them because they're insecure. Yeah. They're narcissists and they know that what they're offering is mediocre. No, I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying, like, they, the, the people who are watching it, like, this is great. No, they, it's not. And, but mm -hmm. what they like about it is that it made a bunch of people that they don't like mad. Therefore, it is good. And, and just imagine going through life for a Enjoy year. that show. I watched it. <laughs> they don't enjoy it. Nobody like it. Imagine going through life where you're like your forward purpose, your, your purpose going forward is literally something that's such a negative, that has such a negative yeah. mindset to begin with. Right, at right. least spite someone who deserves to be spited. <laughs> I, I don't even like that. I, or like, who was asking like, for it in some way. Like I'm not going to do a segment on this show to spite someone. No. But how was... Like, it depends if, like if there was something instigated. Yeah. yeah. Was, the, ever, was there ever a pretense to clap back at the haters when you didn't even have haters yet? You were planning it before the show existed. You made the haters. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, manufacturing you... your own backlash. Yeah, if you have to manufacture something to make your point, otherwise then your you show would be guy. irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so so this was this bill was introduced by Cory Booker. That's interesting. Was he the one that's married to, um, or was dating Rosario Dawson? Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, then there's probably a lot of overlap. Well, she was listed here. Yeah, as yeah. one of the as one of the people in the bill. Yeah. Uh, when you work, yeah. So she was canceled. Uh, uh, she settled out of court, or that suit was dropped. The, the suit with her nanny, or the the person who worked for her, was it the person that the trans person? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. and that that that'll probably come back up when Ahsoka yeah starts will. like that. Like you can almost it sure will. we could start we could actually start like counting down to when Ahsoka <laughs> starts coming out. Like when will these articles start coming back out again? Well, <laughs> you did the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll we'll see. No one involved in Star Wars properties can ever do anything questionable in their private lives apparently nope not at all all right uh now uh i want to talk about we have a resp oh no we have Kanye west yes yay not ye yay not ye not ye yay yay yay, yay. it's yeezy but it's not ye, ye. it's yay. yay i admit that when we first started covering Kanye again i kept saying ye cause what when did. Uh, if that happened in front of me, no. I would be correcting you. No, it was before. Okay, because yeah. <laughs> I would I would make fun of you. I will not anyway, stand for such things. She tells me. I saw this headline yesterday. Kanye West was offloading all of these extra White Lives Matter T-shirts on Skid Row, giving them to homeless people for free, like just out of a van with a bunch of boxes of shirts. Just give me one. Mary I'm literally one. about to go over to Skid Row and LARP as a homeless person so that Kanye will give me a White Lives Matter shirt. I want it. Give me your clothes. The like uh, so you where where in Skid on Skid Row? What's uh, in? I don't know exactly. Does it matter? Uh, well, let's let's go Cast Castle. Uh, we'll make a vlog. <laughs> like, yeah. Or we could do that as like a YouTube short. Mary just right, right. Mary, we'll, we'll get you some tattered clothes. We'll rip holes in it. 
I don't know how else he's planning to get rid of these shirts, but it's uh, explain to everyone supposedly why. because the founder of American Apparel, which is now the brand Los Angeles Apparel, run by Dove Sharney, uh, he is refusing to produce and sell these shirts anymore because he he doesn't want uh, Kanye to use these shirts anymore. So Kanye doesn't have a choice but to just, like, give them out for free. He doesn't have the right legally to sell sell them them. anymore. So he has to give them out for free. I didn't know that he was planning on selling them at all because I thought they were just for an exclusive exhibit. So I thought they were just going to be, like, I don't know, locked away in some vault somewhere. Mm. Um, But, like, I've never wanted to be a homeless person on Skid Row until I saw this article. Well, we could go to Los Angeles, get plane tickets tonight, just go to Los Angeles. Another thing is he's getting backlash for uh, still associating with a stylist that was accused of SA by a half a dozen women. His name is Ian Connor. I've never heard of him. Uh, well, apparently Amber Rose, founder of the Slut Walk, <laughs> was... Tell everyone about the Slut Walk, Mary. I mean, I'm not an expert on the slut. I'm saying, but I don't. I that's the she. She back in like 2015 ish, 16 ish. uh, She wanted like to lead this movement where women would like march topless in the streets. It was very. uh, I guess it was like, don't sexualize my body. Yeah, that was like her angle for it i don't know but back in like 2008 through 2010 when she was dating kanye west she received reports from these women who allege ian connor assaulted them okay and she is like of course a listen and believe type so immediately believed everything they said and can't believe that he's still you know at large and associated with someone as uh, successful uh, as Kanye West, who is, like, paying him for all of his art. Um, He, like, makes concept art for Kanye's shirts. Um, Like, all of these graphic tees are designed by him. So he was helping him give these out uh, on Skid Row on Sunday. I don't know if they've done anything since. And, And he's got accusations against her. How many? Six? Yeah. That's a lot. I think they said at least, so maybe that's, that's in that's question. Let's say it's Yeah, and then and then he said like, "What? That's not cool. I would never force someone to do something. That's not cool." That's not cool. <laughs> like, like t- talk about the most like unconcerned approach to that ever. I mean, you've got to respect that he cares more about what's cool or uncool than moral or immoral <laughs> and, he, and he's not making a big like he's, bold statement out of it yeah. he's just kind of like you know what man it's not cool to accuse people of stuff they didn't do not cool man yeah bruh, <laughs> uh, so, bruh. anyways would you guys wear this shirt no no why i just wouldn't wear it fear fear no i don't you don't like how it looks no i don't care about it I don't, I don't wear any shirts feel. with logos on them at all. <laughs> all my shirts are plain. Yeah, I don't. Right. Uh, no, like I wouldn't. No, I don't. Plus, he's a got a whole collection I, of them at home. 
Wes, Wes has got a whole collection of that. Of these? Yeah, I wouldn't wear this. It's not cool, man. Do you think the statement <laughs> was stupid? Uh, it feels very attention-seeking, obviously. Everything Kanye yeah. does is attention-seking. How do you feel about Kanye West? You haven't been on while we've talked about Kanye West. Yes, There's been a lot Yeah, last time I was, We talked about him. the shirt last time I was Did we? Here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah I, but in, in, in between times, there's been a lot. Since uh, then? Yeah. yeah. Oh, going I, on with oh, yeah, I know about that. I generally don't care about him as yeah. a person. Um, do I, I appreciate some of his music? I appreciate some of the things he said, but I am very much a, a broken clock is wrong twice a day yeah. person, you know, Yeah. Um, where he, it just, it all seems like, like um, uh, he says whatever comes to mind in the moment, or it's very calculated and knows that it will have this response and it will generate another news cycle all about him, right? Yeah. So I, even I when he plans things ahead, I don't Thank think you, of it as calculated. I think he just has a vision and then fast tracks it to happen as quickly as possible. That may be true as well, but yeah, I don't know if I calculated, calculated is how just, I would think. I just Kanye West. calculated may be the wrong word. It may be that he knows what a response will be inherently. You know what right. I mean? Like he knows what the response, like he is gifted in that way. And then retroactively it imposes a meaning onto yes, it that it there didn't you go. have yeah. in the beginning that is when, a it, when it much better way was to say conceived. It. He um, knows it will draw some reaction and then he will, uh, yeah. uh, what's the, what's the word, uh, retcon the, uh, the meaning. <laughs> people like, uh, when public figures speak without thinking these days, because it's just the polar opposite to that authentic. robotic yeah. public relations gobbledygook. With all the, with all the big words that they yeah. would never use in like a normal sentence. And Kanye does that too. Don't get me wrong. He has official statements that aren't written by him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he has a PR team. He has managers and handlers and and a big, you know, employee empire. Of people that he doesn't listen to by his own by his own account. Well, by his own account, actually, he hires them not to listen to his input. Yep. I have a weird metaphor for how I feel about him. It's have you, do you eat meat? Yes. So if I came to you and was like, have you tried this fake meat? Have you tried it? It's, it tastes just like real meat. You'd be like, no, I don't need that because there are better vessels, you know, with him. There are better vessels for saying the thing that I want to hear than Kanye West. So it's like, mm -hmm. you're irrelevant to me. Okay. Like, vegan meat is probably irrelevant to you, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. There you go. So <laughs> Kanye West is vegan meat. That's fair enough. <laughs> the, put that on a, on a mug. Kanye West is He might meat. and sell it he, or he give could. it away for free. <laughs> like it, it always ends up being like I just I don't care like, like it, it's always like I like I like his music I've always liked his music um, I could listen to College Dropout anytime and enjoy it every single time all this stuff it's just it's all these like it's kind of like Britney Spears it's endless media cycles of weirdness that I the Britney Spears ones are more irrelevant the Kanye West ones are more relevant but the, it's always just kind of a media scrum that I don't really care about uh, for stuff like like when we cover Kanye West, we cover it because it's relevant a lot of times to like the the periphery of our audience, right? Like of the people that uh, like whether it's Tim or whoever you know the people that uh, watch us. A lot of them like Tim. Uh, a lot of it feels like who? it connects. Yes, who exactly? <laughs> like, but like if it what if we weren't doing this show, I don't know if I would pay it much thought. The whole debate about whether Kanye's off his meds or whether there's a method to the madness is really uh, missing the mark because it's always a mix of both. Yeah. 
and, and I think that it's it's so hard to tell what's real there anyways. Like, how mm-hmm. do you even know what is real when with what you're seeing? And anyways? they're a polished, manicured, uh, PR-friendly, marketable people out there who are off their meds. And they are, like, destroying their private lives, but they're better at hiding it. Yeah. There's something I still don't to know why we're supposed to care. About him? Yeah. What or any he... of it. My life is He has no a different. cult of personality. I know, but why. why do I... Why, why, why? Why did he merit that cult of personality? No, no, no. No, I understand that. You think like, Kanye why West do I puts to... his cart back? But why does a cult of personality... Why, why does that... Why does this matter? Like, uh, his interpersonal it's the same my same complaint with the kardashians i don't know why it matters like is your product good wonderful why do i have to care what you think about this you know like, well you could say it of any you're the exception not the rule for not being invested in the personality that is offering the product mm. That's, i mean i guess it's I more am common these days to care mm. about the no, I, person I, I, behind I do what to you're an buying. extent there are certain like products I won't use because of the people involved with them. But I don't understand why I have to care about this as like a social um, thing, paradigm of what who who he is, what he he has shown nothing to me that instability. So I look at this mm-hmm. and go, must be Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Kanye and Kim go to go to Target. Which one puts the cart back and which one leaves it? Both oh. leave it. Hmm. No. They, no. Remember when Kylie went they to Target with her daughter? And yeah. made a whole headline yeah. out of it. Like, was, look at them making a so Target no, run. They're normal. As if they they're go like to Target us. ever. Like, like without I being mobbed if, by people. I, I wonder now if Kylie Jenner returned her cart. I want to know. I want, like. Do, I, I can imagine Kim like she's like about to leave it on the on the divide, and then she's like, somebody might be watching. It wouldn't be good for my brand if I don't bring my cart back. And then she bring, and then she. I don't think Kim Kardashian has been to a Target in years, <laughs> maybe she, decades. And then she gives her driver the cart to 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 put back. I wonder if they emergency vacated that Target before Kylie went in there. That's what I'm saying. Like it was probably like or like all the people in there were paid actors. Yeah. Like all the employees. <laughs> like I think I've seen that guy in a show before. Yeah. I didn't know he worked. Hey, at wait Target. a minute. So there's a crew Baldwin? on their show. Like Adam Baldwin's working yeah. in the Like uh Dr. Livenek is in there. <laughs> so yeah, who he'd have to be the owner he'd have to be a manager. He's yeah. too old to be a, he's even yeah. too old to be a manager. Uh, he's helping his kids buy stuff for college. <laughs> That's what they do at Target. He's their shot he's yeah. that'd be his grandkid. Yeah. He's he's old. Is he that old? Oh yeah. 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 Question. Bimbo or no bimbo? No. What? Uh, well, here, my friends. Uh-oh. Claudia Jordan disputes Meghan Markle's deal or no deal bimbo claims, saying that it never happened. Claudia Jordan is from Real Housewives of Atlanta. And this is a, a really funny thing that uh, you have to turn to one of the Real Housewives to get a lesson in gratitude and the understanding of what it means to actually be um, grateful for what you've accomplished and what the, the industry that you're in has given you. So it says, Claudia Johnson has responded to Meghan Markle's claims that she was treated like a bimbo and objectified during her time on Deal or No Deal. I went out of my way to post more about this last night on my Instagram story. What, what? Exactly, because it was, um, I was just fascinated by, like, I've never met a woman with so much, like, so much, she's got money. She's beautiful. She literally <laughs> married royalty. She acted in a, in a number, on a number one cable series, and yet she just won't stop 
complaining. Her whole show is literally designed to give her stuff to complain about. It's titled Archetypes because she feels she has been unfairly reduced to many archetypes in life. But let's see what... As a woman. As a woman. A woman. An independent (laughs) woman who does need man. Uh, (laughs) For clarity, yes, getting it... This is what she says. She says, now Megan, says Jordan, 49. She started the rant on her Instagram story. For clarity, yes, getting a modeling gig on a game show isn't necessarily about your intellect, but every show, the executive producers picked five models with the most outgoing and fun personalities to place mics on who they knew would engage with the contestants. Uh, Jordan, who appeared on the show alongside Markle for some time, directly denied uh, Markle's claim that the show treated the women like bimbos, a word that Markle dissects with Paris Hilton in the podcast episode released on Tuesday. Deal or no deal never treated us like bimbos. We got so many opportunities because of that show. Uh, this kind of opportunity that is what you make it. If, uh, if you just show up and don't engage, then you'll check, uh, then you'll check and not get much out of it. But if you show up and seize your moments, then there's no limits to what you can do with your opportunity. There's a fundamental difference in worldviews here that I find absolutely fascinating. Uh, being, uh, one of the real housewives, I mean, she's no slouch. She succeeded plenty. She was also on a bunch of, uh, uh, like the apprentice or not apprentice. Uh, what was the other, the other big one? Um, Shark Tank or something Mm -hmm. like that. She's on a bunch of other stuff, right? So she's successful. The Real Housewives are a cult phenomenon here in America. Uh, She's grateful for all the opportunities that were afforded her on what was essentially just a modeling job. That is a different way of looking at the world than somebody who takes every opportunity and looks at why didn't I get more. Uh, With Meghan Markle, I don't understand what she expected out of a gig where she's hired to wear a dress and heels and open a briefcase. So the, the name of the how job is you, literally briefcase girl. How are you going to highlight your personality, your intellect, and your opinions yeah. in that role? It's not even acting. It's literally modeling. It's as close as you can get to just like being in a still static image. I posted the video of the thing yesterday in my story. I'm like, I'm like waiting for the moment. I'm like waiting to hear about foreign policy, women's issues. Oh no, she's just opening a briefcase. What the hell is she supposed to do? (laughs) When is she supposed to say something? So maybe her real complaint was about the climate on set for Deal or No Deal, but Mm -hmm. she also was refuted on that. Yeah. uh, Saying that everyone else like, felt respected otherwise this would just mean that Meghan Markle got singled out and that's not true I was actually she I actually enjoyed my experience working on deal or no deal Jordan said it was a step on the ladder I've been ascending for uh, I've been ascending on for 25 years that paid all of my bills put me in front in front of 13 million plus people every night uh, and led to getting on celebrity apprentice celebrity apprentice all-stars uh, breast cancer awareness camp uh, celebrity uh, apprentice all-stars in the breast cancer awareness campaign guest hosting extra getting into people magazines 100 most beautiful people issue and so much more that's gratitude that's looking at an opportunity you had earlier in life and being grateful for what you were given Meghan markle will never be happy i no. don't even think that you have to be outwardly grateful to the people who casted you in this role or no, this but- modeling gig you just need to not be a vindictive c-word about it afterwards <laughs> i was hoping you would say it but i knew it was coming it's this is interesting <laughs> because like it's 
they always do this under the guise of trying to make the world a better place. They always but, want to make the world a better but, place. But the person who's showing gratitude for an opportunity and growing beyond it is actually making the world a better place yes. by like not looking at if something bad does happen to you, you do the right thing. But if everything that happens to you is a bad thing, then maybe the problem look inward. Yeah, <laughs> look inward. But Meghan that Markle, never you are the common denominator in all of the yes. situations that you feel you have been reduced to an unfair stereotype, or you haven't been. Also, don't like. Uh, I hate the like men, women should look for more. They shouldn't just want this, you know, Prince Charming when she literally right. married a prince. Right. <laughs> literally she literally the got prince. the fairy tale she wanted, and then yep. she was like, "This isn't good enough. I want to be right. a Kim a Kim Kardashian esque TV personality." Yeah. But that or, would require you to actually have some PR genius. And yeah. I have had people in my life in the past that are constantly embroiled in some sort of turmoil, some tumult, some sort of thing. And the world is so unfair to them. And that is all I see when I see her name. It's like yeah. you, it's everything is bad. Everything is awful to me. Nothing is ever good. Nothing good ever happens to me. It's like five seconds of. Self-awareness well, it's, it's would not, do a lot of good. It's not really everything that happens to me is bad and nothing good happens to me. It's everything bad that happens to me is someone else's fault and everything good that happens to me it's is something I earned. And accomplished. And, and deserved. Yeah. Um, and to me, it's like I, I actually have like – I used to, uh, it's still listed there. Like on my social media, it says like uh, – uh, eternally grateful because I do believe that the concept of gratitude is is something. There's a statement that is like gratitude is a superpower. Mm. It's something that like when you've overcome a lot of stuff, whatever that is in your life, being grateful for what you have, not what you, not necessarily what you've overcome, but being grateful for what you've had, but not for what you don't have, is something that yeah. I think normal people understand because it's a way of balancing your life when things aren't perfect. But maybe when you when you do live a life so sheltered and, mm. and perfect that all even the slightest inconvenience. Uh, feels like an assault on who you are. And when you're that narcissistic uh, and you think that everything should be that way, yeah. she the, says... The situation where she said uh, producers yelled at her, Markel, suck it in. Yes. It's, it's too bad to be real, but like... How are you sick in the mind enough to make something like that up yep. out of thin air? She says, I would, leave, I would end up leaving with this pit in my stomach, knowing I was so much more than, uh, than what I was being objectified on stage, she continued. I didn't feel like, uh, feel like feeling forced to be all looks and little substance, and that's how it felt for me at the time, being reduced to this specific archetype. A grateful person then would say, thank you for the opportunity. I'm going to move on. This isn't what I'm looking for. It doesn't. Uh, it's not making me. It's not giving me what I want in life. Yeah. I'm going to go find something else. In this a way, the... she used it as a ladder to step up. The same way that uh, this real hi yes. housewife was telling her yeah. to do, but she did it with the wrong attitude. They're going for different markets, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. The, uh, this is right after the complaint, by the way. I, I assume. Uh, there weren't enough women of different melanin levels on the show doing yeah. this specific job. So that, that had to be, right? That had to be the, the complaint that came the day before this. And the, it's speaking. the same hypergamous yeah. mindset. Yeah. But it's like not acknowledging your own greed, really. Then I want to know, then I actually do have a legitimate question. Who the uh, Who is the Meghan Markle target audience? <laughs> I, you know, there is a huge amount of people watching the Royals who are yeah. really Strange into that culture. 
they're really into the cult of celebrity around the royals and it's it seems like an even split in that group who likes Meghan Markle and who dislikes Meghan Markle. Yeah. Or Meghan and Harry as a duo, really. It seems split down the middle, and that's a big he looks like fan a hostage base for the me. Royals. There's a, there's a comment yeah, here. Yeah, he always <laughs> looks like he's on an invisible yeah. leash. Fine, I'll sell my gun collection. Fine, just... just and then she's like, well, I've got a headache. I'm going to bed. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a comment here from Night Call. It says, remember uh, when First World Problems was a thing? First World Problems was the great Western unifier, okay? Now it's all about individual... Uh, it's your it's, it's subcategories of people. Uh, it's, uh, it's racial demographic problems. It's it's based on your race. It's based on your sex. Uh, your sex. It's based on your gender identity. That divides. First world problems Unified, helped us yeah, all yeah, yeah. unify us into understanding how good we have it yeah. here in the West. Even me, like, like everyone, whether you're from a low income. Uh, household or you're from a rich household uh, hopefully if you were raised right you'd understand that you both have a level of privilege that 85% of the world simply doesn't have yep. just by being born here it was the great unifier mm-hmm. it was yeah, bring back first world problems 100% right bring back about pet that. peeves but it's by design I, uh, bring back the term first world problems and bring back mean uh, celebrities read mean tweets without them clapping back and society will be all the better yeah, for it. Saying first world problems. I remember an article in like 2019 saying that it was like a cancelable offense. It's like if somebody says this, it means that they don't understand. It's like, bro. Yeah, it was a joke all along yeah. anyway. It was never claiming that people in the first world don't have real problems. No, no. It was just saying like it was literally just a way to say like, remember to be grateful for what you do have. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Like, or it's like, you know, it's like, it's like your parents, things could always be worse. That's how, that's how I was raised. Like, you know, things could always be worse. <laughs> it's <laughs> it not even worse. that. That's like a negative outlook. I, but I, but that, then that's how you perceive it. That's how you take it. I saying didn't take it first world problems was always just a joke. The, or, or the, it was uh, a joke. It wasn't meant to be moralistic and instructive. There's I, the, I disagree. I disagree. I think it became a joke, but yeah, to say like, I know first world problems, like be mindful of what you're saying. It's okay to like. You do have problems, but be mindful. Well, it's about that hierarchy of needs. Like you have shelter and food. Yeah. Right. And then yeah, above like, those are like your psychological yeah. needs. But it is, it's, not, it's not meant to be inherently serious. It's both. It is like, yes, it is a joke, but it's also be grateful for what you have at its very core. Like Maybe that's why Markle bothers me so much. Maybe that's why like her and Olivia Wilde bother me so much because I feel like they have these charmed lives that they have absolutely no respect for. I think that they're not willing to recognize the way their celebrity and sex appeal gives them a huge advantage over like the 99th percentile in society like they can pretty much get whatever they want women like olivia wilde and Meghan markle they are at the top of the food chain well ironically complaining more than almost everyone else i used to talk with my coworker about like they were very like what we would call woke but they said something and they're talking about you know telling me to check my privilege right I said something oh. about hot privilege, and they were like, "Well, I will agree with you there." And I was like, "At least we agree on that. That yeah. that is a thing." Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, being attractive. Why isn't there affirmative action about, um, like, for non-conventionally? Ugly people? <laughs> yeah, for 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 ugly people. 
Why isn't that? That's why they thing? hired me. If if pretty privilege or Token. hot privilege is a thing, <laughs> which we all know it yeah. is, yeah. why is that not just is. as systemically? Uh, di- like, why is that not just as much of a systemic disadvantage for ugly people that needs to be remedied as anything related to race, disability, socioeconomic status, yeah. etc.? Like, it's, I understand that completely. You pick and too. choose the battles that you want to wage kind of like the cart thing right like we talked about with the cart thing like it's mm-hmm. it's uh, you pick what you're outraged by like everybody picks their things that they're outraged by mm-hmm. i'm the i'm the affirmative action hire here for for beauty <laughs> so, so they, they're like eh, we need an ugly one by the way chat only brett's allowed to say that stuff it's self-deprecating <laughs> it's, humor it's, it's good for you it's good for you <laughs> I, I, uh, I, you gotta touch grass. If yeah. unconscious bias is ever a thing, it is about attractiveness. Yeah. That's yeah. absolutely true. All right. And then uh, we've got one more thing to talk about, and it is uh, an absolute terrifying thing to see. Mary, do you wanna tell everyone about Teletubbies? Guys, as a former Teletubbies fan myself, the I am so disappointed in this reboot trailer. It's coming back, and it is going to be on Netflix next. They race-swapped the dang sun baby Which, twice. As somebody who never watched twice. Teletubbies knew one thing about it, and that was that the, the sun baby grew up and had a baby of her own. Through. Who also looks like the Sun Baby? They who should have been the new Sun Baby? See, this is like her version of the, the lady from Time Bandits. <laughs> so the, the first, baby did a TikTok video. Yeah. I the thought first I was be race swapped Sun Baby is Asian, and for some reason, weird. The beginning frame of this trailer shows the sky just illuminated in red with this Asian baby peeking over the hills. Welcome at you. to the Cultural it Revolution. Looks <laughs> like it looks like Maoist propaganda. <laughs> it literally does. Let's play it. But wait, it's over copyright. It's copyright. Far away. Yeah, we got seven seconds before that's that's a thing. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> and then at the end they show another race swapped sun baby that's black. I didn't even notice that one. But again. it's so artificial, like I can't stand I'm it. Black I'm literally sun. Nazi propaganda confirmed. I'm literally so picturing true. like a like a like a like a board they have of all the check boxes they have to check off as they're going through. This it. is why I can't ignore it like you can. You say like when they race swap, as long as they don't make that the sole focus, then it's fine. But th- for them, it is the sole focus, and you can't distract from that. Eventually, and I will a, give in. For a show that's made for literal infants, they are injecting their social engineering from the very beginning it's odd uh mike Terrence says land of the rising sun baby <laughs> also tell me <laughs> tell me they're not going to uh play into the meme that like uh i think the purple one is gay probably oh, oh tinky by the way, winky yeah also i want somebody to please make it in the chat says mary is the sun baby somebody needs to make a meme <laughs> of mary as the sun baby no there for... it already exists okay i Excellent. posted it on twitter by the way because okay. i was like i would make a better sun baby than this you uh we need more we need um... more mary sun babies <laughs> no we need we need the 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 maoist version of it in red uh. oh yes and like long live the ccp Yes, CCP Sun Baby Mary, and then like and then and they have Winnie the Pooh down below looking up at the sun. Oh, interesting how Winnie the Pooh always wears red. By the way, yes, he does. uh, I'm 
yes we're bringing back mccarthyism <laughs> uh like well you know that's that's we're we're, we're halfway there we're in reverse mccarthyism right why now. isn't there a red teletubby what i could have sworn i remembered there being one there was one right there poe i don't know oh yeah it was poe yeah I don't know anything about it. I just know that the that graphic is horrifying. I didn't know this before either, but so um, scary looking. apparently Dipsy is black and Poe is Asian? Question mark? Hmm. Maoist Mary Sunbathy, baby. That's what we need. I, I just don't understand why, if they're not even human <laughs> characters, they need to be racially and sexually diverse. Because they're weird. That's why. Why does... Why does Tinky Winky carry a handbag? I a clutch. Look, I, I, it's it's a clutch, yeah, if you will. Yeah. I feel like my like uh, my pushback whenever they, like about the things that bother me that don't bother me gets like harder and harder to do every day when you, when when we talk about it. But yeah, in this case, it's it's creepy. It's all creepy. And then there were there were a bunch of quote tweets about this making fun of. Tolkien fans of all things because they're making fun of people who care about like this respect for the yeah. source material yeah. which is totally unrelated but anyway they said uh, so effing sick of our iconic franchises being boiled down for babies um, is it actually a reboot does it specifically disregard previous canon this is a huge blow to fans invested in the lore is there lore for the Teletubbies? No, they're making a joke calling Tolkien fans babies. But is there actually lore for the Teletubbies? Yes. There is? Okay. Ooh. There is lore. What if they make Barney a different color? Oh, Bring back Barney to, and make him a different color. They have to race swap a dinosaur now? They could do that. They could do that. Uh, new Teletubbies trailer just dropped. Horrifying Thank creatures you. in for a split second like a jump scare. What is the implication of baby tubbies? If the reproduction cycle of these mutants isn't elaborated on within the first 10 minutes, I swear. <laughs> so apparently the Teletubbies can reproduce as well. This is news to me. Um, they have babies. Weird. They're in a polycule. So what, what do they call the babies? Baby tubbies? Ba we don't know yet. Telebabies? They're tele adding to the canon. This is so unfair. See, it actually huh? bothers you. It actually bothers me. Telecubbies. Like, yeah. As me, who never watched it, believe it or not, doesn't bother me as much. But like the, the beginning image is I'm terrifying. hyperventilating and crying She right is. <laughs> <laughs> so just thought I would mention it for all of you former Teletubbies fans out there. They're making it into Chinese propaganda for babies now. It is what it is. All right, let's go to Super Chats. Derek Null said, knew I'd get a Randall-like rant by Brett if I mentioned Bruce Chin Campbell. Love. Bruce. Best bits on that show was Michael Michael's mom when stuck with Sam Axe. Yeah, um, in the show, um, Sharon Gless plays Michael's mom, Madeline, and, and they have like a really funny back and forth chemistry uh, on the show where they, they just kind of bicker a lot. And um, kind of like a, a really good chemistry with all the characters. She was like, they said that she only, there was like a joke, she only took the job on that show because they would allow her to smoke because she smokes and like they would let her smoke in the scene. The, yeah, everyone should go watch that show. Thank Joe Jaraki, a.k.a. Jay Dizzle, said Netflix did a series called A Tale Both Dark and Grim about those fairy tales. 
it's dark it's made my my kids cry several times is it aimed at kids or is it aimed at adults Maybe, hey, maybe that's the problem also with the, with the stuff with Teletubbies. Like, we don't know who the hell anything's made for anymore. Are they yeah. made for adults and perpetual adolescence, or are they made for kids? Mm. I would argue both. <laughs> Remember when Paw Patrol got in trouble for valorizing cops? Oh, yeah, they got canceled and then, and then brought Worse back. Worse like, than law and order. Like, <laughs> like, fairly close to, like, right at, like, that one was brought back, like, right away. Like, they're like, whoever's. It's too much money on the line. Whoever's maybe. complaining about this has the attention span of a gnat. There's no of way that, I'm, that we're leaving that much money on the table. Also, um, what was, like, the police, the, the cops, and uh, not Reno 911, but what's the, the other live PD? Like, they got canceled and then brought back, like, a year later once they're like, yeah, nobody's burning any cities down anymore. We can bring back the shows about cops arresting people. <laughs> Joseph said, Produ producing two-by-fours is different than art. You don't get to cry immutable characteristics when you agree to be a part of art. This is insane. Yeah. Uh, like, the, the stuff about, um, like, my, my empathy and... <laughs> It runs headlong, right? Like she she complains that it, it gives her a bald spot in her in the show, and I'm like, look, it's I, time to bring it up. Then I feel you, like I feel you, but at the same time, I I don't like you bringing race into it and saying that it's like like it's that type of bias when it's not. It's a creative bias. It's about making you look the way that this character wants to look. There's plenty of of actors who have had to. I think of. Um, J uh, Brandon J. McLaren, who uh, shaved his head when he did Graceland season three, like they worked it into the storyline because he wanted to shave his dreads off because he had his dreads for like his whole life. But it's like stuff like that where uh, G.I. Jane, when what's her name, uh, Demi Moore, shaved her head to, to play that role rather than wear a bald cap. A lot of actors will go all out for their roles because they believe in the craft. It feels like a lot of the actors now don't believe in the craft. They believe in being catered to. But this is also not a race-based issue simply because there are people of all races with curly hair. That bill was with written With textured around. hair. And there are inexperienced hairstylists who don't know how to deal with yeah. it regardless of the race of the person maybe the when you start getting a bald spot it's time to mention it right then and there not wait until all of your hair is gone yep. i'm sure they didn't know it like why would there be a plot against you when you're like on the show to look good yep why would they conspire against her? I'd have to look more into that story. I, that was so long ago. I'd have to read more about it. But I remember she said that she said something to them, to the to the um, whoever the showrunner was, and that they said you have to, you know, it's a visual. It's a thing where it's like, yeah. You notice how they always change hairstyles for characters the next season. They don't just change the hairstyle of a character in the middle of a season. That would be weird unless mm -hmm. the story calls for it. Uh, and one of my favorite things is always the, the hairstyle changes. Actually, speaking of burn notice, again, um, the Michael Weston's hair changed between five and seasons f four and five because he was in like JFK or like a, a movie that came out at that time that required him to have different hair. Uh, so he got had to get special permission from the show to keep his hair different for the first five or six episodes. Well, that they finished filming for that in addition, and then he went right back to the old hairstyle. Mm. Or think of Henry Cavill, who literally had it in his contract to keep the ridiculous mustache for Mission Impossible Fallout mm. that eventually ruined an entire $250 million Justice League movie. Mm. Am I right or am I right? You're right. I'm, You're right. <laughs> the man is right. Uh, X, X, Reese, 
Zristos Zristos Aretikos said is that, is that uh hmm? is that um Greek? Uh probably. Yeah. The latest Cast Castle was great work, very silly but also with purpose, a must see. PCC oh, is also okay. gold on a regular basis. That is a huge compliment. Thank you. Uh we we like to we like to be here with you guys. Potatoes for Seamus said, Mary will push cards to the cart return for Kanye clothes. Make sure we get evidence of said cart return. It shall be epic. By the way, Wesley might be my new favorite now. LOL. What? What'd I do? You're just awesome. You were just oh. your, your great, perfect self. Oh, wow. You're his favorite now. <laughs> You're almost at a crisis party. I appreciate that. David Not Christian really. said, I stopped returning cards when <laughs> I realized I was helping to free up capital to a union that helps people who hate me elect more people who hate me. That's kind of impressive. So true, King. Uh, Mary's um, like, go off, King. <laughs> <laughs> Big Dave sent us 99 cents without a message. Thank, Thank you, Big you. Dave. Matt said... Peacock on sale. Should I get any uh, recs, recommendations? Recommendations from it? I almost. I went and looked at it online because I was like, maybe like the only thing that would be on there that I would want to watch is Heroes. Mm. I think um, everything else. I don't give it. I think WWE is on there. That's probably mm. why I would watch it if I if I if I got there with Triple H in charge and Bray Wyatt's back and they yeah, need that's... one thing that's big. Uh, don't, isn't the office that on can there draw now? people? Didn't they bring the office back to there now? Exclusively, Could, no, yeah. no, so. not like they need something that only they have. I, uh, it's a I, big draw for people. Peacock is not uh, is not a good one. Mm-hmm. You mean you don't watch their version of Brave New World? No, no. <laughs> Are you a fan? No. Okay. Nathan Settlemeyer, <laughs> I believe, misunderstood the last comment. He said peacocks sound like screaming children. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Matt said, plans to simul, simulcast, simulcast. On, simulcast on Rumble. They have rants now. Um, we would have to work on that. I, I don't know if that's if that's possible. We could we could look at that. Is Tim doing simulcasts yet? I don't know. With Rumble? I don't know. Um, that would be kind of kind of cool to to be able to to go on Rumble. I, I do think drink the pee. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Fun down. Why Sorry. is the chat going crazy? Um, like I didn't uh, know. Oh no. Like uh, being on more platforms would definitely be better. I, I don't think that we're ever going to be in in any uh, da- danger of getting canceled or in trouble. I Hopefully. Think we, I think we keep it pretty pretty PG here for the yeah. most part. I get yelled at whenever I swear. <laughs> people people get mad. Like believe it or not, I went most of my adult life without saying the F word because mm. it was just a habit amongst our friends to say frick rather mm. than the other uh, less palatable word. But I, I, I don't do well with making my points without swearing. It's a sign of a, of a lack of intellect perhaps that I can't make my points without. Is that a scrubs a thing or just what you guys said? What? Was that a scrubs thing or just what you guys no, said? No, it's just what we said. Okay, good. It's not a lack of intellect. I think it's just like. Frick, frick on a stick. Sometimes it just needs that extra oomph. You just need the, like, there's, sometimes you just need the sword. Speaking yeah. of scrubs, I was just thinking about, uh, like, uh, the whistle. Like, when you whistle to... No? Did you no. watch scrubs? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. That, what do you think? Rumble? Well, we'd have to figure it out. Yeah, we'll look into it for you. Thousand Foot Deep End said, Anne Hathaway and Natalie Portman had their heads shaved on film for Les Miserables and V for Vendetta, respectively. Yeah. yeah, that's you got to get it right the first time. <laughs> those, those examples <laughs> that is I frightening. About. I just hit Control Z. 
Mm-hmm. V for Vendetta would have been the example I would have normally given. I don't know why I mentioned G.I. Jane. I haven't yeah. seen that movie in <laughs> 20 years. Like, But yeah, it's a commitment to the role, right? You have to commit to the role. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked that Will Smith didn't become Slappy. Potatoes <laughs> for Seamus said crisis party, drink the pee. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to read it really. It just it's got okay. me. It's okay. It got me. He must be uh, watching earlier in the show when we were talking about Bear Girls. Bear. Yeah. Thousand Foot Deep End said, PCC certainly is always gold, even more so with Brett's bleached hair. Thank you. That was the perfect moment yeah. for the crisis party. Wow. I've never seen you stand up during a show before. Thank you, guys. That, that, uh, that's truly unprecedented. Yes, it is. It was, it was good timing. It was very good timing. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. Those are all the super chats. That's it, every guys. Thank you so much, everyone, today. And Wesley, thank you. It was let, my pleasure. Let everyone know where they can find you, my friend. Uh, you can find me on <laughs> Cast Castle in the Attic. <laughs> that's where I'll be. I'll be in the attic. In the attic, guys. Yeah. Mary, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both at Mary Archived. Right. In the attic, in your heart. Yeah. And in the attic. <laughs> All right, guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasik for the show. We are here Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. We are also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. If you would rather listen rather than watch, there's a comment at the end that says Cold Stone on Fable says Standing Ovation. That was my standing ovation for you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, we are also on social media. We're on Twitter at Pop Culture underscore show, Facebook and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis, and on Instagram at Pop Culture Crisis Pod. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Later. Bye. <laughs>